Cool, so welcome once again to another Coffee and Heroes podcast. Uh, this is going to be the start of our new weekly review show. Uh, we've played around with the format an awful lot to this point. We've done monthly reviews. We've tried to change the format of it up. It, it was just a case of um, getting these fine gentlemen to commit to a weekly podcast. I was always slightly hesitant to do so because, you know, don't want to take up too much of their time that they always very generously give. Um, but now you're paying a good wage. But now we keep feeding them. Living, so wage, living wage. As long as we feed them, we're all good. But, um, yeah, we've, we've been doing the monthly podcast now. God, it must be hitting over a year. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, yeah. obviously, uh, we started this quite a while ago. We've kept it going. Um but we've reached a point now where we think if we want to grow the podcast a little bit, I think it needs to be a little shorter. I think it needs to be a bit more immediate. And I also think that when you're talking three hours of comics, even the best of us, including Keith, I uh, get a little tired by the end. <laughs> you're not so, wrong. You're not so, wrong. So, uh, yeah, delighted to say this is the start of the new weekly format. Alan here, as always, joined by... Keith. Ronnie. Keelan. So, yeah, we're gonna. this is going to be the new format. So what we're going to do is... We're going to chat about the comics from the previous week. So our hope is to always record this on a Monday. Good start. This is a Tuesday. Uh, (laughs) Record them on a Monday, release them on a Tuesday, and get into that sort of routine. Um, We'll always put up a little description of the titles we pick and a few timestamps, just so, again, you can avoid spoilers if you're a little behind in your reading. And, I mean, if you are a little behind, you don't have to listen to the podcast the day it's released. I mean, if you're one of those people who likes the longer podcasts yep. and you, you see them at the end of the month yeah, yeah absolutely. absolutely but I think it's just a way of keeping us a bit more energised and you know much more enthusiastic about the about the releases and so forth you know I remember when we were getting ready to record the one last week Keith looked at me and went five weeks of releases yeah, I, think, I think it became a running joke of like how long I think everyone joking like how long it's going to be yeah, 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 yeah. Every, every, everyone dreaded those five week release months <laughs> but we're going to so keep this to weekly keep it a little more a uh, little more succinct but yep. we will keep on with our preview show monthly yep. and we will keep on with as much as we can um, to our, book our, our monthly book club uh, we've got a few planned so yep, yeah a few titles lined up there but um yeah, so obviously they will, these will be spoiler-filled podcasts again, you know, just to be as clear as possible. Spoiler warning. Spoiler-rific. Um, so would you say is this a soft relaunch? It's not a number one. Um, this is a Marvel Legacy one where we've still got the normal numbering, but, you know, we, we have a brand new number one, let's be yeah, honest. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Uh, so, yeah, no, I'm, I'm very excited by this. I think this is definitely the best way to go. It's It also means, you know, we'll talk a little bit at the end of the podcast, but it also means we can, you know, recommend upcoming titles for this week's new release day, uh, which I think will be nice as well. Um, so, yeah, the, the general format's going to be we're all going to pick one title each that we enjoyed the most. Um, from that week uh, we won't well I say we're all going to pick one title each but I think we're all going we're going to make sure there's four titles to discuss I Mm -hmm. mean Keith and I for example our choices this week could almost be interchangeable Um, Mm -hmm. so they could um, which means they both must be awesome they must must (laughs) just be off the radar and of course one of them's Marvel and one of them's not I'll let you guess who's is Marvel um but uh, yeah, we'll do a, a general um, chat about our four picks, and then we'll maybe just throw in a few honourable mentions at the end. Uh, after that, because you know every release week brings a lot of quality, but we just wanted to bring it down a little bit and just have one title each to really focus on. And uh, so whenever whenever you you sort of read as many books as most most of us do, at the end of the month it does get 
fairly hefty and fairly difficult even if you're throughout the month you're going oh I want to pick that I want to pick that I want to pick that yeah you know it's yeah uh, yeah whenever you're reading 10 between 10 and 20 books every week it's that it starts at the end of the month it starts to get hefty <laughs> it does I mean remembering specifics and details can sometimes you know be difficult so at least with this these are the titles that are freshest in our mind that we can chat about. Yeah, um, I think what you were saying about the immediacy is pretty good. Like, because I always find on the other podcasts, I was like, "What happens?" And then I was like, "I'll go back to it," and then I'd be like, "Okay, right." But then there's this other one. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I think this this is hopefully better and better for the listeners as well. Yeah. So well, that's hopefully it. more content from us. Yeah, yeah. We'll want them to be fun for people to listen to, a little bit informative, maybe point out titles they might not have got. But also, they don't have to, you know, dedicate an entire weekend just to listen to it. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah. So, although this is a, as I say, our new uh, always going to record on a Monday mantra. We're recording on a Tuesday, but we're going to release it on a Tuesday night at my night, fault, my fault, midnight or something. But we couldn't have this relaunch without a full full team here. So we will say that all of us might not make it every Monday just yeah. as just to uh, yeah as long as there's a quorum as long as there's yeah, a, yeah. There's there'll a, always be a core and even if someone's not here you know we'll, we'll get a message from them yeah, what their pick is yeah. and that kind of thing so there might be the odd weeks where there's only three of us um, I mean Brody's pretty free for the next you know five to six <laughs> plus weeks yeah. um, <laughs> after his unfortunate <laughs> football injury stroke months <laughs> um, but yeah we'll always make sure you, you'll always get to hear my lovely voice anyway but uh, only because we record these in my house <laughs> uh, <laughs> so yeah so we'll, we'll just dive right in I mean these are going to be um, us reviewing our favourite titles from the release week the new comic book day was Wednesday the 6th of November Um some great stuff out this week. I mean, I strongly. I maybe had three or four yeah. titles I could have realistically tell us, yeah. pushed. Tell us about the store. How did the? What was? What did you think was gonna? Um, hit I big? mean, yeah. The in terms of the titles themselves, I mean, the X titles continue to sell well, and I think it's becoming more and more apparent that Hickman has designed this in a way where he wants you to read them all. Mm-hmm. Um, I think at the at the start, a lot of people were maybe just going to pick up X Men and New Mutants or Excalibur and X Force, but although I don't think it's a reading order in the back of it necessarily, it's more of a release date order. Mm-hmm. It is becoming very apparent these are all very interlinked. So they are interlinked, but I don't I don't think you have to read them all. Uh, well, I mean, what more what I mean by that is it's not like they're all. It's just they're of a high quality. Yeah, and no, absolutely. You yeah. can see the planning and the connectivity between the books that people want to read more. It's mm-hmm. not like they read, you know, Excalibur and go, oh, I really don't want to have to read the next one. They read it and they're excited. Yeah, yeah. And they yeah. want more of this world. So what I found was certainly in the store, X-Men was high on the pre-orders. Um, New Mutants was high on the pre-orders. The rest of them were quite lagging. But then they all sold out in day one because people then <laughs> wanted them. Yeah, I think judging by talking to even like yourself, Keith, and a few other people in the store when I was in um, last week, I think it was just like, it wasn't like a, oh God, I'm going to have to pick these up. It was like, these are so good that yeah. all the books across them the board yeah. are, you have to pick them up, you um, know? Yeah, I mean, as a, I think as I've, I've intimated before, it's it really feels like the classic 90s era of the X-Men where you had... Your uncanny X Men and your X Men, you know, mm-hmm. so the two two X Men core titles, uh, and then you had X Force, X Factor, Excalibur, Generation X, uh, a bunch of others, uh, <laughs> X Man. Yeah, one time there was Mutant X. Uh, you know, so there was a whole lot of you know what I mean. So, it, but each of those titles that you, you got on a on a monthly basis were uh, each had their own character. 
mm-hmm. their own as a book, their own theme, you know. And I think, I think Jonathan Hickman, that's probably the time at which he was reading, given his age, probably the time in which he was reading books, and probably the time that he uh, remembers the X books most fondly, and has gone, "This is what I enjoy." That's so what he's inspired what by. Do. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So, um, and you can see that you can see the themes. You can see, you know, so. We'll talk about it a wee bit later, I guess. But but yeah, there's definitely there's definitely themes coming out in each and and, and feels feelings, mm-hmm. uh, what the book's supposed to be about. Yeah, you know, there's some really really strong core narrative threads, you know, but all grown from the the flower bed of House of X and Powers of X. Ah, flower bed, Krakoa, yeah, <laughs> bang, <laughs> just like that. Um, yeah, so the X-Books are selling well. Um, DC started this week with uh, their acetate covers, which were their cover A's. But They're lovely. They are really nice. The They've done a really seen, good yeah. job. Um, I'm actually excited for you guys, of all things, to see the Catwoman one this week, because it is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> David Finch <laughs> on art, but the idea behind it's great. But, you know, Batman 82 is continuing to sell strong, you know, looking forward to seeing how Keen's run's going to wrap up. Three more, more issues. issues three more issues. Three, yeah. Issue 85 is the end of it, and 86 is the James Tinian relaunch, so great point for people to jump on if, you know, they've maybe felt slightly overwhelmed by the Keen run, thinking you have to, well, you do realistically have to read all 85. Um, that's, yeah. just, that's just because Alan wants you to read all 85 you don't uh, have to read them. I mean I only recommend quality so you know that's there's nothing wrong with that but are you starting to feel like you just, you're waiting for the King Run to wrap up so you can get on to the Tinian one not or? at all I'm depressed that the King Run's coming to an yeah. end are you going to have Batcat yeah I mean we're, we're going to obviously get the Batcat which will be wonderful uh, I think but there, there's just a big part of me wishes they would have just let him hit that magic hundred but you know we're not going to get into that again <laughs> yeah but no, I, I do feel like, though with City of Bane, it does feel like a real culmination of his work. Mm. It does feel big, you know what I mean? There were parts during the run where it was maybe a wee bit, it just sort of floated along a wee bit. I know the Nightmares arc was a bit up and down for people and things like that, but this feels big and epic and like a hopefully a fitting conclusion. I think for me, the core of it has been the War of Jokes and Riddles. I think that has been my standout. On a reread, it was, yeah. it was awesome. Anyway. I mean, it's it's no Batman Fifty, but yeah. no, I don't have to get into that again. Um, and then, yeah, just a final word, just uh, in terms of like sales and store indie titles, just fly out for us now. Um, I like to think certainly in, in in Belfast, we really do focus a lot on indie titles. We focus on the image stuff, the boom stuff, Dark Horse. Um, we're even getting ones in from smaller um, companies such as Vault Comics and Scout Comics. We do have a lot of people that come to us primarily for indie stuff because we do stock a lot of it, and the, you know the sales are there, the stories are there, the creators are there. Yeah, um, my, uh, my my pull list reflects it. I yeah, I think all I think yeah, all of our yeah. pull lists do. I mean, it, we've we've regulars who come in who were strict DC Marvel guys, but then just this one title would creep on, mm-hmm. then the second then title would creep on. Mm-hmm. Um, I like to think that's my influence. You know? uh, oh, of course, yes. Yeah. Well, you know. <laughs> All Roddy has to do is sit in the store and people yeah. just look at him and go, that guy's got taste. Um, it's interesting. <laughs> I mean, Boom is definitely making a bit of a, a surge, you know, with oh, regard to the quality yeah. of the titles yeah. they're producing. And, uh, but, I mean, what what that image replaces the behemoth was Walking Dead. Yeah. I don't think there is anything. I mean, well, I might well be on to you say that, we'll but we will get to a pick later that was... The biggest selling indie book for five years. Oh wow! Okay. And yeah. it's back to a second print already. So, um, but no, we'll we'll get to that later. Sweet. But uh, yeah, good week in the store. Loads of good stuff. But let's pick out the cream of the crop. We're going to start with Keelan. Uh Let me guess. Is it a Marvel book? Of course not. It's DC. Someone <laughs> has to keep sense here. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's what I brought on here to balance it out. 
So what's um, your pick sli- of the week? Slipping further and further. My pick is spinning out of Year of the Villain and Batman Superman. King Shazam. Uh, it's from The Infected. It's the first the of Infected the Infected one. ones, yeah. Yeah, the next one is Blue Beetle. It's, it's covering... Scarab, yeah. So very much spinning out of Williamson's very much spinning Batman out of Superman, Williamson's yeah. um, Batman Superman. It's I think it's a single issue for each of his his exactly. own little team that he's forming. Uh, so there's going to be the what's this Secret Six? Is that Secret it? Six? Yeah, so yeah, yeah. from what I know so far, there's King Shazam, which is the first, the Scarab for Blue Beetle, Commissioner, Deathbringer, uh, Deathbringer, which I think is possibly I think is it Donna Troy I think so 100% um, on that and there's going to be two more two more left but I they haven't been announced they yet. haven't been announced yeah, yet but, yeah. we, we but, know but Keith knows Keith knows yeah. we, we knew oh yeah because there was yeah. some he, thing yeah. that you worked it out I think we worked out his Where's Wally moment with the hand to the chin yeah so King Shazam it was it's just a single issue just giving some background on this new darker version of Shazam he's been infected by the Joker toxin isn't that it Batman who loves it's a variant of his Joker toxin yeah. but it's mixed with dark metal and Those variants are nasty yeah it was on yeah so and the, <laughs> the, the, the background of that and that with the first issue of Batman Superman they, they Batman and Superman track down they encounter they track Bane. down Batman who loves Batcave and then in it they find they assume to be uh, a kidnapped uh, Billy Batson but it's quickly revealed that no he's not kidnapped he's working for working with he's yeah, working yeah. for or with Batman who laughs it's not quite clear what yeah. the Batman who laughs plan is but Dark Shazam is just great it's just a character who's known as Big Red Cheese he's always laugh, full of life and laughter to be suddenly this dark evil character who's just cruel just, it's, there's no other word for it it's outright cruel it's he, was, dark. he was a real git in Batman Superman that's putting it politely yeah, yeah, yeah there's yeah, first yeah. two issues the fight with Superman Superman is always has to do right can beat the, can pummel Shazam even his weakness to magic one word and he can't hurt a kid mm-hmm, yeah. it just shows the twistedness of it and this this issue reflects that as well uh, it he's, starts off with Billy in his foster home so he's with his family he's with his foster parents and it just immediately goes to Billy this kid who while he might be edgy and a little bit bratty sometimes is that hard a good kid and it opens up straight away with Billy disrespecting these his foster parents these people who took him in gave him a family uh, historically he does love them they are his family and he just rips them to pieces so this is set this isn't like an origin story of how he's clear where to be said, no it does cover that slightly later right, okay. on but it does seem to be slightly intermittent with the rest of Batman and Superman sweet who's the who's the team on it uh, the team it's written by Cena Grace um, I'm probably butchering that pronunciation but yeah it's written by Cena Grace uh, the pencils Joe Bennett and then the inks are by Bravo and Santorelli right. uh, and most importantly that's not Rob Liefeld most importantly it gave me a brief moment of panic but the letters are by Rob Lay uh, colours are by Hi-Fi and of course the beautiful David Marquez cover cool who just continues to draw phenomenally and but yeah the story opens up with Billy in his foster house being told off by his foster mom I cannot quite remember her name but he's clearly being disrespectful uh, being just an outright brat so he storms off from the dinner table decides that no he's over this he doesn't need this fake family um, something Billy ground with at the start he was always against it but he slowly uh, grew with it but now he's just turning his back on it so he storms out of the house after saying this family just it's not a family it's just a trap it's a lie 
storms off, storms outside to reveal his new, very demonic looking Shazam form. And of course with the transformation you get the lovely clouds, which are in the form of the Batman who laughs, just cackling at what he's done. But it's a, it's a very Viking look to Shazam. Um, he's got it's the, cool, isn't it? Yeah, he's got sort of, really sort of nice spikes redesign, on yeah. his um, yeah, his it looks, looks very barbaric. Yeah, yeah. The blue, the blue beetle redesign. Uh, yeah, and the scarab is it? Whatever they call I think them. it's, yeah. it's going uh, with the scarab he's, now. He's kind of cool looking too. It's, it's very horror. And even the even the Commissioner Gordon with that weird, nearly Court of Oils esque mask he was wearing. Yeah, was, it looks was kind of Court of Oils purge like. Yeah, it, yeah, it does yeah. set the darker tone. Um, but yeah, Shazam, he's, he's still he's still a kid, so he is still Billy Batson. But it's Billy Batson infected with the Batman Who Laughs toxin. Uh, so the first thing he decides to do is just do what any kid would do if they had superpowers prove they're the best. He really does go for the arrogance of a kid with superpowers that his first plan is to go out and batter some gods. Uh, so yeah, the first person he heads for is Atlas, who shows up occasionally in DC. But it Atlas is also one of the... Uh, don't know how you would word it. He don't he donated his stamina for Shazam's powers. It's oh, where it's where the, he draws it from. He's one of the he's the, the stam- A. He's yeah. the A. He's one of the A's. Yeah. Um. He's the it's the stamina of Atlas. So Billy King Shazam shows up to see if Shazam if Atlas is worthy of being part of Shazam. Quite similar to something that happened in the Injustice storyline. He fought with Hercules to see if he was worthy of the strength. I mean, is, and is that the crux of the story that he he picks on all of the crux of this is of Billy magic. is just the new Shazam is just going out to cause some havoc, so he starts off fighting Atlas, um, just utterly destroys him. He does appear to be bald now, so then um, you know that's that's the rule. Once you're evil, you got to go bald. Uh, Lex Luthor, right? <laughs> um, but yeah, just never shave your head, really. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's when you'll know. <laughs> But yeah, King Shazam just absolutely annihilates Atlas, brutally destroys him. Um, cuts to well, cuts to a Snickers ad because why not? And then cuts to the Shazam family who are in the normal forms, or sorry, their uncorrupted forms. They're helping these mysterious disasters, being fires and destruction, general mayhem. And that mayhem is being caused by Shazam. Yes, Mary works out that it's Billy, that there's something wrong with Billy. He wasn't right earlier when they spoke. Something's wrong. She's going to find him. She tells the rest of the family, no, stay here. Help these people. I'm going to go talk to Billy. It's Billy. Whatever's going on with him, we can fix this. We're family. Cuts to Billy beating up Thor, um, who I've not actually seen in DC. Thor? Yep, it's Thor. This is magic hammer and everything. Uh, yeah, and a winged helmet. Winged helmet, magic hammer, beard. Yeah. Right. But yeah, Billy's just basically going around the uh, panthe- pantheons of the gods and showing them who's boss. The next, the next villain. Sorry, the next god he meets is Rao, who That's the Kryptonian sun god. god yeah. yeah. The last time he showed up in DC was towards the end of the New Fifty Two. He wasn't nice to Superman. Uh, he was one of the three reasons that. They killed off New 52 Superman. Uh, well, one of the reasons they gave, anyway. But yeah, this bit, while he's fighting Rao, he gives a little bit of backstory into the Batman he laughs, did him a real solid when he stabbed him with that nasty old batarang. I mean, sure, who knows what kind of super tetanus I now have, but my eyes are really open for once. Who cares? What? What's the point in doing good when you can do this? 
and it does there's a few images of him fighting Batman Superman mm-hmm, from mm-hmm. issue 2 but yeah he gives Rao a bit of a beating and it cuts to Ms. Marvel no Mary Marvel whatever Mary her Marvel, super yeah, name is yeah, yeah. Um, I know Miss Marvel is also a Marvel character but yeah it cuts to Mary finding the beaten up Atlas she asks what she's trying to find out what's wrong what's wrong with her brother Atlas sends her in the direction of Greece or Olympus where Shazam is currently beating up Ares who I think in the recent Wonder Woman stories has turned back to the light I'm not 100% sure I don't think anyone here is currently no. reading Wonder Woman no no but no. Ares seems he talks about it, he's saying I'm different now I'm not I've changed you don't understand so Billy decides well if you're not going to give me a fight I'm just going to rip your arms off uh, as one does as, as one does <laughs> but Mary interrupts thankfully before Ares can get hurt this is next page is just Roddy on a football field Shazam rips his arm off uh, no Billy um, decides that he's he's better than everyone else so Mary and Ares team up to try beat him down but Ares quickly gets his ass handed to him and that leaves Mary to land a swift uppercut to Shazam sends him flying and seems to seems to knock some sense into him he starts to ask her for help uh, he seems to have come to his senses uh, he seemed to do that a lot in that first set he did it of, does uh, seem to draw from Batman Superman yeah, where he's, very, uh, he's conflicted Billy's still in there I'm still good I know but that, I, I got the impression that, that was just all which is exactly how this ends because this the next panel is Billy psych and stabs Mary in the gut, um, which leads to her being infected. Oh! So it turns out that Billy can now also infect and spread on the infection. So this issue ends with Billy flying off, welcoming his sister, sister of the fold, this new darker Shazam family. Is this a one shot? It's one shot, yeah. So yeah, so it sort of says you know follow the saga of the infected Batman Superman they might make an appearance and Year of the Villain Hell Risen which is oh, going to so. be a four issue mini from James Tinney Batman Superman's a twelve six just six, a six. just a six, six. Wow. Yeah. so it's halfway through really wish it was a twelve but it's I'm really six. enjoying it yeah yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah this was great it just everything from the art the writing it feels like a very good companion piece to Batman Superman yeah. which is has received nothing but very yeah, high praise. Yeah. I mean that's one where I've, um, I've sort of stuck to the to the core storyline. Yeah, I originally really... had no interest in getting this. To be honest, I got this for my little brother because it's Shazam and he loves anything Shazam. Then I read it and long story went, short, he's not it. getting it. <laughs> uh, it. It's mine now. He can read it, but he's giving it back. But no, it was great. Just it really opened. Like I said, Shazam is always this character who is the heart and soul. He's always happy. He's a kid. Yeah. He, might get a bit grumpy or moody sometimes but at heart he is this good kid this turned it on his head just showed especially with the opening dialogue just shows how cruel kids can be stuff like that it, oh. um, I mean is this is this all off the back of the movie the fact that the movie was successful so Shazam sort of gets sounds kind of cool it does make me wonder though because the Shazam series at the minute has been kind of stumbling through yeah. delays so I was I originally spoke to Alan with this I was thinking maybe this is why maybe it's going to spin out of this I was mm. waiting for certain ramifications to happen yeah, with yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it doesn't seem to. It didn't. The last issue for Shazam that came out didn't seem to link in it to this at all. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, why? Why would they not have just made that story part of the core Shazam? Yeah. Story, you know, I mean, it's, it's um, a weird one. but it is odd. But this it was just fun. Like everything, 
everything I read last week was great. Even the stuff that maybe wasn't my cup of tea. Still enjoyed, still enjoyed reading it, but this just stood out. It was something different, something new. Cool. I even like the uh, the tagline for it instead of the usual Shazam, just say the word. Just scream the word. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Little touches can make the difference. And it's yeah. that, it's that, it's uh, the font is in that red writing that Batman who laughs. Yeah, was yeah. In it, the, it very much does tie in well, but yeah. you could, it has enough uh, story in it that you can read it and be like, okay, well, this is why he's like this. This is what's so, happening. So you can pick it up. You, you can, can pick, you it, can up pick it up as a one shot very easily. Yeah, but. But definitely read Batman, Batman Superman because oh, yeah. it was just that good. It's a great, it's a great Yeah, we, we talk a lot about it on here. I mean, everything from the art to the storytelling, just everything of yeah. it's just really on mm-hmm. point. Uh, you know, we constantly refer to Joshua Williams and as sort of the unsung hero of the DC yeah. universe. You know, between his Flash run, Batman Superman, mm-hmm. um, he's just pretty much anything he touches seems to turn to gold. Um, or even as associated with, because he's, obviously, he's not the writer in this, but it's coming from his story yeah. and you can mm-hmm. feel it on it. But yeah. then again, it's just fun. It's just Shazam going around beating up gods. I like that you say it's fun when it's a guy, you know, stabbing his sister in the chest, you know, with infections and shouting at his parents. And said it was fun to read, not to be her. <laughs> she definitely doesn't seem to be having a good time at the end. Um, but yeah, it definitely, it reads well as a one shot, and then it sets up to go back to this year of the villain, which we still aren't a hundred percent sure on. Seems there seems to be a couple of mini series like, coming. It's out. all right. The, the year's nearly over. It's all right. Let's <laughs> <laughs> just concentrate in twenty twenty at this point. Although Iron Man's got that wrapped up apparently. Um, cool. But well, next up, we're not talking twenty twenty, but twenty ninety nine. Oh yeah. Come on to Roddy's picks. Um, I have to say, when I, I was saying before that, you know, a few of us maybe slightly struggled with what we were going to pick for the week or whatever. But when we threw it out there, who's picking what? You seemed to say straight was, away. Yeah, You're like, you jumped on this. Was, yeah. was I the first to go? I think yes, you were. What yeah. I want. And there was no. It might be this. It might be this. It was. Miz and Spider-Man yeah 33 well here we go as uh, Sokil was saying Shazam is the heart and soul of uh, DC I'm going for the heart and soul of Marvel you the are. Amazing Spider-Man we're going for Captain America <laughs> anyway, yeah the Amazing Spider-Man 33 um, I am loving everything about this series and yeah not not an indie book I'm, I'm going Marvel here all the way um, so Nick Spencer Patrick Gleason, and is Matthew Wilson on the colours yep and Joe Joe Caramagna on lettering Um, so Spider-Man I was thinking about it the other day and I haven't read all of Tom Taylor's Friendly Neighbourhood run but what I was thinking was anytime for shame well anytime you guys show me an issue it's he nails the character but you kind of wonder where he doesn't probably get to tell the grand stories mm. of Spider-Man. Yeah. But I think Spencer does it all. Mm-hmm. And Patrick Gleason, they've had, um, ever since Hunted, um, they've had issues with artists and back and forth. There's been, uh, Patrick Gleason's not been on it. We've had Otley. We've oh, had a few others in Alberto between. Ramos but I think, there. yeah, I think Gleason is, this is going to be his defining yeah, I think you're. I hope he stays put defining for run for quite um, some time. Because even um, just if you just flick through it, it's absolutely incredible. Um, Beautiful just cover. A, uh, yeah, does he do the cover? Well, I, I have yeah. to throw in just very yeah. quickly that as much as I love Patrick Gleason on this, it kills me because Marvel have signed him exclusively um, for a good oh, few years. Yeah. There, he was exclusive yeah, yeah. to DC. Yeah. And Kill and I'll have two different series where we perform on my I loved them on Batman and Robin. 
mm-hmm. like the new Fifty Two run was, was amazing. Right up to they went to Apocalypse and all sorts, but it was a brilliant, brilliant run. And then I know you enjoyed the, the his Superman run, juice. Rebirth Superman. If I think if they hadn't have had him from the start for the Superman Rebirth run, it wouldn't have went as well. Superman Rebirth run was just brilliant, yeah. and his the Super mm-hmm. Sun stuff was great. So I would genuinely say Marvel have bagged themselves one of the best yeah. best of business. Yeah, it's Spider-Man, it's Spider-Man's just this, beautifully done. The colours are fantastic too. Yeah, it's Matthew a Wilson. stunning book. Um, but yeah, really, we're gearing up for 2099, which um, which I think, are we all are we all in Spider-Man? No, are we all going yeah, to get so, in there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah definitely. I'm regretting not being on it. <laughs> well, we're sort of, it's sort of a weird one because you're, you're deep into it now. You're 33 issues in and plus all the random hunted issue stuff too there's a lot of collecting there yeah but I mean this I think this I think this is a good opportunity to jump on Spider-Man probably yeah. I mean and that's mm. the way they're the way they're segueing into the 2099 stuff is last issue we had a we had three pages or four pages of Miguel O'Hara yeah Miguel O'Hara has come back from 2099 to do something but he doesn't quite know what it is he woke up on Roxon's operating table mm-hmm. they were experimenting on him and he, he, he can't figure out what's going on but he he managed to escape, uh, and the the end of the start of the last issue, and that well, that sort of that section, that that twenty ninety nine uh, prelude, I guess. Yeah. Had him jumping out the side of the rocks and building, and whoosh, and, and dropping off into well, where we start this New issue. City, yeah. Um. So Peter, Peter almost takes a back seat in this one. We there's quite a lot of uh, Miguel's narration. Um. But anyway, I'll tell you. I'll bring you up to speed. Um. So Peter has returned to graduate school at Empire State University. Things were going great uh, until he was basically abducted by his super spy sister, Teresa, for a mission. That mission was to track the chameleon and some stolen infinity formula. Put Spider-Man face-to-face with an old foe, the foreigner, who I never knew about, but yeah. I'm really mm-hmm. enjoying. Yeah, yeah. Um, we also, is the hitman in this one? Yeah, too? yeah, those are, those are some Two, old, yeah, old amazing Spider-Man characters. He's... They're having a lot of fun with this book and all cuts. the other... Uh, yeah, as you say, deep cuts. Um, um, what I don't recognise, I don't recognise the two Hulk-like creatures that are attacking uh, with the Miguel. Yeah, yeah. I, don't know, I don't know who they are. Are they Roxanne types? They, I, would, I would assume so, um, but I don't know. I mean, I know Roxanne has got a hold of maybe the Hulk formula and has, like, diet Hulks. Um, <laughs> you know? Uh, but yeah, there's something, there's definitely something going on here. Miguel has come back from 2099 to try and see if the future, something's wrong in the future. Has, yeah his world has been destroyed or it has, has disappeared or whatever um, you know and Miguel if I recall has a has a connection to a, a girlfriend and a child in the future and everything so there's mm-hmm. the stakes are pretty high for him but I'd be interested to see what Miguel's doing back but I mean there's there's some great stuff of Spider-Man 2099 yeah he basically he's he sort of questions himself at the start of the issue you're thrust into him basically back to him escaping mm-hmm. and I think it's Lila the girl is called in the future is uh, it? Lila is or his is, is his onboard AI oh so yeah, yeah she's his, nah, she's his personal assistant um, um, but yeah it's like I have a job to do and then he realises he has to find Spider-Man of 2019 yeah yeah. Um, and then so we sort of cut to Spider-Man 2019 he is at the barrel of a gun he uh, by a silver sable yes his sister Peter's sister Teresa has uh, Peter has a sister Peter has a sister gets her into a lot of bother yeah I guess she's a shield legend or what former shield legend now she uh, that's siblings for you um, 
but she has taken him on. She she arrived at his college and effectively yeah. took him out on a mission last. And that mission was to do with the Infinity Formula and the Chameleon stealing the Infinity Formula and treating the Infinity. The Infinity Formula is the is the uh, chemical that has kept the original Nick Fury young all these years. Yeah. Because as you know, Nick Fury and the Highland Commander Commandos from World War Two. So the Infinity Formula is that formula that allows Nick Fury to continue to be at that certainly whenever an original Nick Fury was around he but that was what kept him young yeah uh, so uh, and it, it doesn't seem doesn't seem clear exactly what's going on why the foreigner was buying the infinity formula off uh, off of chameleon last issue mm, uh, still you know, not clear well it is it is it becomes clear very very quickly whenever we realise that Silver Sable he's pointing a gun at uh, at uh Spidey is in fact a life model decoy mm-hmm. and the original Silver Sable who last appeared uh, I think it was uh, at the end of um, Dan Slott's Roman Spider-Man mm-hmm. there was a story called End of the World which featured uh, the last stand of Otto Octavius after the Superior Spider-Man run uh, and Sable appears to have been badly badly injured terminally injured uh, during that during that Storyline and the foreigner was buying the Infinity Formula in order to try and heal her, in order to try and, and, and recuperate her. Um, so that sort of that sort of quickly becomes clear. Um, There's having absolutely, having sorry. read Batman and Robin, I have to say the foreigner looks an awful lot like Bruce Wayne. <laughs> I was going to say having read Superman, he looks an yeah. awful lot like Superman. <laughs> um, there's an absolutely fantastic page where uh, Teresa basically you see her with a gun pointed almost towards you but you see the it's an android decoy of Silver yeah, Sable yeah, yeah. and all the pieces apart, are yeah, just the head blowing blows apart. apart it's utterly, utterly gorgeous yeah, stuff it's just really a big splash page and yeah, the question is did Teresa know it was a late model decoy whenever she fired uh, the show I, I get the impression she didn't yeah. no I don't think so um, but yeah as we go on there's a lot of intrigue um, there's some links to Latveria and yep, links to Doctor we'll Doom. Get to and, uh, later. Yeah, absolutely. Spoilers for the end of the issue. Yeah. But, Come on. Uh, oh yeah, well yeah, absolutely. But I think what's key here is you know uh, Peter's been working with his uh, with his study group um, mm. in uni on this with this guy Jamie, this this individual. Uh, Jamie was using Webware, which is the, the piece of technology that. Peter designed whenever he was whenever Parker Industries was a thing in slots run and of course <laughs> Peter had to there was a whole thing Peter had to deliberately uh, sabotage all the webware in the world it was like Star Trek away you know, from yeah. Hydra wasn't it? yeah exactly and you know as a result that's why the company fell apart and so forth but this guy Jamie has repurposed this webware uh, in order to model potential future scenarios and mm-hmm. we see that demonstrated as part of this uh, this presentation they're doing and it does make me wonder it does this link back to what's causing the problems in 2099 oh yeah yeah if uh, you know if this guy that he calls this he calls this device the clairvoyant uh, you know and it they, they know that uh, that the, the, the multiverse is it's an infinite multiverse and that whenever a choice is made every other option plays out in an alternate timeline what the clairvoyant does is it appears across these timelines in the multiverse and predicts possible futures, you know, and then that. And to me, there's definitely this this part of the story is I think it's definitely going to link back to the yeah. twenty eighteen. Oh well, I suppose it. I suppose it has to. It does have to. It does have to. Yeah, absolutely. So, 
So yeah. So yeah, really great issue. Um, keep going. We get some political <coughs> intrigue, and then obviously the best part is Peter Parker being late, going back to his NYU or NYU class. Um, then there's presentation, as Keith said, and then we get to the foreigner, a clairvoyant, and then chameleon. He's sort of disguising himself uh, to is it to use? He's trying to get something and then we go the hitman mm -hmm. let me just see so basically the hitman is showing up at the end and it, there's a target in sight and lo and behold because yeah, I thought the target in sight was going to be the real Silver Sable uh, mm. so I did what is disappointing is although Doom you know Doom is, appears in this book Doctor Doom he I don't think he's and there's or a doom. Yeah, there's a lot of series. Yeah, that's that's what's disappointing is you know there's there's, there's talk of uh, so what the chameleon do, is doing in the United Nations is he's agitating against Latveria and against Doom. Yeah. Uh, you know. You know there, yeah, a representative from the United Kingdom is promising to level blockbuster new allegations against the Kingdom of Latveria. Um, you know, and it's it would have been an easy thing to do to take. Christopher Cantwell's story, yeah, where but it's not related. To yeah, exactly. Yeah, see, I would have because I haven't read issue two. I would have got the impression that that's exactly what that is. Yeah, it's not because I've read issue so, yeah. one and where uh, Doom is going uh, to sorry. give his surrender uh -huh. so that he can further investigate it. I'll tell you what I did. I read it like that anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I think that's that was a that was just a. An obvious thing to do that was just an oversight. Just get maybe wreck, wreck on it back in. Maybe I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know. But if you want to message Joe Casada and just say, "Look, I'll fix these <laughs> books for you. It's no problem." Yeah, could do. Yeah, do we keep? Yeah, uh, we listen. But so <laughs> so the rest of November we've got uh, twenty ninety nine Alpha number yep. one coming Which up is next. The yeah. Start of it. That's the start yeah, of yeah, the twenty ninety nine event. Shot. The fight for the future. And then the next issue will be the Spider Man, the Fantastic Four twenty ninety nine, Conan twenty ninety nine, and Punisher twenty ninety nine. So this will be running through yeah. those one shots plus the continuing Amazing Spider-Man so story. So how yeah. on earth do they link in, or do they link in, or are they just like I, I one think shots I, of the future? Yeah, I think it's all to do with this clairvoyant uh, device that he's created. Uh, yes, and I'm really interested to see how these characters, 2099 characters, are are reimagined. Yeah, me too. Uh, you know, especially I, I noticed that Peter David isn't doesn't seem to be writing doesn't seem to be writing any of them. Um, yeah, Nick Spencer is writing is writing Spider Man twenty ninety nine, and there's Zdarsky and Doom twenty ninety nine, Breeson and Ghost Rider twenty ninety nine, um, but yeah, Peter David, who was the original creator of twenty ninety nine and Spider Man twenty ninety nine, sadly doesn't doesn't seem to be appearing, but I'm I'm quite sure Spencer's maybe got his blessing. <coughs> yeah, you know, yeah. so uh, I guess he's busy. Yeah, a lot of other stuff. Yeah. Peter David's on the symbiote stuff, isn't it? He is on the symbiote stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. so, so perhaps that's why. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, yeah, really, really love that book. Um, really looking forward to the event now. Yep. So yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there was a lot going on in that issue. I mean, they they do link it quite nicely. The whole I got to find Spider Man twenty ninety nine. I thought the Silver Sable stuff was quite heartbreaking. Yeah. Um, Peter's sister being in it again. I'll be honest, just like Kieran, I forgot he had a sister. <laughs> um, and then she goes, "Oh yeah, she was introduced not too long ago." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, Spencer's run's been great so far in general. Hunted is definitely the high point for me, but mm, there's I there's think it could it could be stuff. I think this twenty ninety nine or it could give it a run for his money. Yeah. Hunted was this year. Mm -hmm. Start of this year. Yeah, sort of. Yeah. Start of yeah. this year. 
It's just because Spider-Man 2099 yeah. and his costume and everything, his powers are just so badass. There was something on, I think it was on his Twitter, Gleason answered, someone asked him, when you're drawing Spider-Man, you draw him bright, you've got his bright colours and then you draw in the shadows. They asked him, is this the same for 2099? He says, no, he draws it black and you draws on the blue as highlights. Yeah. So yeah. his costume is the black with mm-hmm. blue shadows. And I just thought that was really nice detail to how he draws um, it. I do love I love Patrick Gleason's Spider Man. He does the he does the big eyes, you know, massive eyes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Spider Man's yeah. eyes. Todd McFarlane always did that very well. Yeah. Massive, you know, the eyes nearly take up half the mask. Yeah, yeah. You know? I just love seeing how mad they can get the eyes to go. Stegman in absolute carnage is having way too much fun with the eyes. Yeah, he was, and his he Stegman makes Spider Man's lenses expressive. Yeah. So yeah, great stuff. Has this uh, has the hitman been in anything else? Or yeah, no, not for a similar? long time. Again, he's another uh, sort of C-list Spidey villain from the original, oh, one, the original yeah. Amazing Spider-Man run. You know, so same as the Foreigner. Yeah. You know, yeah. so uh, Silver Sable as well comes from that. I like when stuff area. like that happens because sometimes when it's if it's like in DC, if you get a Batman story with the Joker, you kind of know how it's going to play out because you're that familiar with an older character or a more obscure character. It was, it was like mm-hmm. with Kite Man in yeah. War of yeah. Jokes and Riddles. Or uh, King just, Tut in the, uh, King the Riddler one shot. I mean, just, this is, this, it just shows that, that, that Spencer uh, is doing it, has done his research, done his has homework. gone back and read the original Amazing Spider Man run, or had maybe read it before and has gone back and refreshed himself that he's plotting yeah. out. Because at the end of the day, you know, what, 60 years of, of comics, 70 years of comics, whatever it is, there's a lot of characters in there that you can just go pluck, pluck, pluck. That yeah. makes sense. <laughs> you know, we could be doing this forever. Yeah. Know, so. yeah. Yep. Great Spider Man. Until 2099. Until 2099. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. Cool. So that was Amazing Spider Man number 33, Nick Spencer, Patrick Gleason. Uh, we may as well stay on the Marvel stuff. Um, as I said before, Keith and I, when I read this next book, I think I'd read it just before you. Yeah. And I said to him straight away, this is the best of the X books so far, which really surprised me because A, I thought X-Men would be the flagship. Mm -hmm. B, I thought this would be some sort of... Maybe I just had the... um, I just had Major X in my head. (laughs) Could be that. Um, But this title really surprised me. And if this wasn't Keith's pick of the month, it it possibly could have been mine. Yeah, and likewise with your pick. Uh, So Uh, I'll let you introduce it. Please do. So we're uh, looking at X-Force number one by Benjamin Percy, uh, illustrated by uh, Joshua Kassara and inks by Dean White. Uh, Benjamin Percy is uh, a novelist uh, at heart, but has spent a lot of time on uh, Green Arrow, I think, for DC. Green Arrow and Deathstroke, yeah, probably. Yeah, uh-huh, yeah. Uh, so there's been a, a bunch of stuff there. Um, but he's been around, and he's... Uh, some James Bond stuff, that James Bond black box, and uh, oh, yeah. some Nightwing stuff, some Teen Titans stuff. Um, but yeah, so it's so the, the, the cover is interesting. It's a little... You know, sometimes these number one covers will maybe show you characters who will be appearing, um, but there's there's certainly some characters in the cover who do not appear in the issue. Mm. Uh, we haven't really finished building the team by the end of the issue, so I can. Totally you still haven't got that. over Lethal Protectors number one, have you? No, 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 no that was that was that was harsh. And Wolverine just seems to appear on every cover of these. At books, least he, so. at least he's a pretty pretty good. Presence he is, in this he one. is. so Pro- prominent player in that. So, one. Um, the X Force as a title has has ramifications and has uh, you know vibrates back through through X history X-Force have uh, typically been the paramilitary team the black ops team mm-hmm. uh, they were the team that do the bad things that 
the other mutants can't, can't do to be doing or the behind the scenes the the CIA of the of Krakoa I guess in this case you know <laughs> um, so um, uh, Domino is a key member of this team we're introduced to Domino at the very very start she's uh, she's trying to uh, infiltrate I don't know if it's the Friends of Humanity or some other uh, anti-mutant uh, group there's a, or cult uh, but uh, it doesn't they were fucking cool they like, were they? pretty cool um, have they been about before I don't know I don't know who they are I don't know who they are yet I don't know if it uh, is Friends of Humanity they don't they don't have a name they don't uh, I kept thinking of Black Mask randomly you know I know it's obviously yeah. a diff- yeah. different publishing company but just the Black Mask and the White Suit uh-huh. just really put that in my mind yeah so I, I don't know we don't know who the who the crew are but who this, these individuals are but they out Domino they're trying to they're doing a test for mutancy so that involves a drop of blood and of course Domino uh, she she's already you know Domino's power is she manipulates her own luck uh, you know she, she, she gets lucky so she's got lucky enough to get in here she goes you know it took a lot of luck to get in here you know <laughs> uh, but it's going to take a lot more to get out um, but anyway they seem to have they seem to have Domino at their uh, at their mercy by the end of that particular uh that particular few pages but um, that's your pre-credits yeah that's again. your pre-credits yeah. scene so we're, all of these books all of these number ones have had the you know the the same format as the House of X and the Powers of X had were the explanation pages you know yeah. I always love a good explanation page in a comic book whether it was the one at the start of Amazing Spider-Man 33 there mm-hmm. but I love it even more when it introduces the characters and gives you pictures <laughs> you know <laughs> because that's class so uh, the uh the characters were introduced so it says mutants around the world are flocking to the island nation of Krakoa for safety security and to be part of the first mutant society best line of the book next <laughs> however new nation means new enemies I love that yeah so that just set the same burning um, it says new intelligence you know new intelligence is the byline there so obviously we're, we're looking at an espionage intelligence CIA sort of but also by the end of the issue maybe it could mean something else could which I was just thinking yeah, about actually, there. yeah so uh, nine characters listed Beast Wolverine Black Tom Cassidy Kitty Pride, Jean Grey, Sage, Professor X, Healer, and Domino. Of these, I'm not not as familiar with Healer. Um, most of the rest of them you'll know. <coughs> Black Tom Cassidy um, was originally, back in the day, he was uh, Juggernaut's uh, partner in crime. Uh, he is part of the Cassidy family, uh, Banshee, Sean Cassidy, and his daughter, Teresa Cassidy. So Black Tom Cassidy is uh-huh. Banshee's brother. Um, somewhere along the line his power became linked with plants and linked with uh, foliage and, and he became part living plant um, we know Kitty Pride Jean Grey Sage is a mutant whose powers are to do with uh, manipulation of data and understanding patterns and understanding so whenever you know so she's clearly she's a living computer effectively uh, healer I'm just not 100% sure of um, well, what's cool about that straight away is that we're talking. We were talking a little bit before we started recording about how the X books they fit together really, really nicely. They're not essential that you read them all, but you want to read them all yeah, because it's absolutely. well done. But just you just see in there Kitty Pride and the initial nine. You're like, isn't her book Marauders? Marauders, yeah. Uh-huh, but yeah. as soon as you see that, okay. you're like, there's a straight connection yeah, straight yeah. away with Gene another Grey book. Wolverine appeared in X Men. Yeah. You know, so, but we'll see. I'll say there's there's mutants on the cover here that, that don't appear in the book. Uh, we get a, a great interaction between Beast and Wolverine uh, love the art of this part the, the, the art throughout the entire book is beautiful He's awesome um, that's, really uh, is. that's Joshua Kassara um, it all takes this takes place in Krakoa we see that Krakoa still holds some mysteries yeah 
uh, for the mutants who are living there. It's not all paradise uh, yeah. where where beast is attacked by a creature, or you know that it seems to be native to the land, whether or not it's native, whether or not it's it's appeared. But uh, Logan's there to uh, Logan's there to sort of sort of protect him, and and we've I guess we've got. Uh, what, what Logan says it doesn't matter where you are there's always a predator uh, whatever the hell that thing was you didn't see it coming because you felt sheltered that's what Krakoa does makes everyone feel safe and when you're safe you're soft you know so that's uh, we're going to just Tom, Black Tom Cassidy's role in Krakoa Black Tom is the defence system for Krakoa he, he because I said he's part plant he can feel he can interface with Krakoa and he can feel you know the water around Krakoa. You can feel what's going on in the water, and we're also we're also showing in one of these text pages the security features of Krakoa, the green bonded alarm system, which is two 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 pieces. And I guess it was something that was interesting about Marauders how Kitty was able to pilot her boat yeah. all the way up to Krakoa, and she was never challenged. And you sort of <laughs> wondered, but uh, apparently the seaweed and the plankton skirts the island in a wind ranging radius uh, that can detect anything that's coming in through the water. And the atmospheric detection is a cloud of pollen and fungal spores that surround the island in a loose dome that varies according to wind patterns and you know they, that they're motion activated and they're phosphor phosphorescent you know so these are the, these are Krakoa's you know defense systems it is interesting that they uh, Krakoa recognizes Kitty as a mutant and allows her to seal up to it but she still can't go through a yeah exactly, exactly. <laughs> so there's a lot of interesting so, stuff here so Cassidy Black Tom <coughs> Cassidy is referred to as the host he can transmit and translate neural intelligence to plant intelligence and in effect control the external nervous system activating the island as a responsive environment because let's not forget that Krakoa itself is a mutant mm -hmm. you know uh, so yeah interesting stuff um, we it, it does it does tie into the Marauders because we see again uh, Kitty the Kitty Hawk and the Marauders yeah. returning to the island so which I guess is the same as the same initial return from that first island they've got Colossus with them a very badly injured Colossus um, uh, these these no, these text pages are fantastic. From the desk of Professor Charles Xavier, uh, his official response to those regions that have failed to sign the the, the treaty with Krakoa, and his unofficial response to those non-treaty <laughs> regions, which you know are effectively, you know, the official response is we will continue to try, we will continue to be friendly. You know, all this assumes a stance of friendly disagreement, and then the unofficial response is. You know, any attempts by non-treaty nations to secure back-channel conduits for cocoa medicine will be arranged through Black King of the Hellfire Trading Company. So this is the black market, which we know about. Failure to work with Black King will result in intimidation at his discretion, followed by covert punitive measures. I mean, X-Force are going to be that covert team. Yeah. You know, um, mutant operatives will work to undermine the current administration. <laughs> yeah, for now their primary focus will be the extraction of all mutants currently forbidden from crossing the border and joining their mother nation of Krakoa. There's a there's a there's a real darkness about what there's a there's a I mean clearly the X Men uh, well we know from House of X and Parts of X they've just gone. There's like an impending threat. There, threatening there, there, nature to this. There is an underlying threat. Yeah. yeah, and I'm just not sure where I stand on it anyway. But but uh, but yeah so. Um, we see that we see Charles. We see Charles visiting a visiting one of these nations, one of these non-treaty nations. In fact, it's Sokovia. We're all familiar for Sokovia from the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah. It's the the nation that uh, Age of Ultron was the Age of Ultron nation. You know, so uh, you know, I, I initially thought they had poisoned Charles here. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, because yeah, they yeah, offer him a drink as soon as he arrives, and they they do a real 
sort of uh, close up on the drink. Yeah, there seems to be something in the drink. I was thinking like yeah. nanotechnology or something. Yeah, that's could going be that. Could be they, they pinch something, you know. So, uh, or maybe that's where maybe they, they were they insert a tracker into them mm. so that they can be found later. But, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, there's a, there's a lot going on here. But uh, effectively, the the island is attacked. Grogo is attacked by by a covert action team. Um, they were basically saying like. Did you think when you created this new paradise, we were just going to sit and take it? Yeah, that's it. This is the first. This is the first uh, covert military action against Krakoa, um, and boy, does it does it go badly. There's the 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 the, the words of Wolverine at the start echo right through whenever you're safe, you're soft. Yeah, and I mean everything has been about this this mutant haven, and and they're soft. You know, Wolverine's one of the first to in typical Wolverine fashion. He's out in the middle of nowhere. Probably cooking that. <laughs> probably cooking that animal that attacked uh, Hank earlier on. You know, but it all goes badly as uh, we start to see as the the, the invaders land. They parachute in. Uh, Black Tom isn't quick enough to respond, and the shooting starts and the dying starts. And dying, of course, isn't a massive thing for us yeah, anymore because, because as yeah, we know, yeah. we're backing up our mutant psyches and we can reinsert them into. In the host bodies, you in know, the host bodies. Yeah, they just you grow know, new bodies. So basically. Yeah, looks like Caliban goes down, and the Banisher goes down. There's a few others go down under a hill of gunfire. You know that great moment of Wolverine's running in. He, you know, he's, he's too late to respond. No, 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 no. He, he realizes what's going on here, and uh, and yeah, uh, it becomes quickly, quickly clear that uh, even. Gene there isn't it saying we were stupid and slow and, and careless yeah, it's, it's time to be smart and swift yeah. and violent this can never happen again um, and then that's what I was talking about there did you really not see this coming did, did you, you really think we, we weren't going to fight back yeah yeah. and it, it quickly becomes clear that the the invaders objective is Charles Xavier yeah uh, they pursue him across the island they, they hunt him down Gene Wolverine beasts are on their way but uh, they're too late they're too late you see that wonderful shot. sort of blam yeah and uh, yeah it's just it, suddenly everything that's been built up for those 12 issues over House of X Powers yeah. of X what we've seen in X-Men the idyllic lands you know this that you know Kakura has been at the centre it's been safe it's no longer safe and everything changes uh, as we see Cerebro the Cerebro helmet shot through the X yeah and, and, a, and a bloody hand bloody lifeless hand uh, so where does this where does this leave us? Mm. What are the implications? I mean, the, we we talked about how they do a backup of mutant psyches every couple of days, couple but of days once a year, one once a year. Yeah, but yeah. but it's all dependent on Charles and Cerebro to put those psyches into those mm-hmm. those those yeah. bodies. bodies. Yeah. So, is there a backup Cerebro? Can anybody else use it? Can can anybody can Gene use it? Maybe can Gene know. use it? Yeah. Can Gene use it? Can you know what? Uh, can Charles be resurrected? If not, is that is this a sudden end to to that he to that resurrection a, process? This you know? this character throughout House Powers and now this of Charles really brilliant, a brilliant character, but like a very flawed character. He was so I don't know astute in what he wanted to do that he was almost he was so careful, but he was careless at the same time. You yeah, know, yeah, with yeah. all this, I don't know. Really interesting to see where it yeah, goes. Yeah, yeah, that so that was that was great. <coughs> Major that, spoilers, obviously. Yeah, yeah, but it's, it's a <laughs> we show, we show. Um so really, really good. Uh, really interested to see where this goes from here, really interested to see 
the the implications of this as it reflects back through the Dawn of X books. Yeah, does it echo in the other books? Which is amazing because they've obviously there is a vision for this and there is a vision for all these books and I love the way that they have uh, House, House and Powers had the lovely wee back matter things woven yeah, yeah, throughout yeah. it. Like, all of the books do. All it's the books do. Fantastic, uh, fantastic I stuff. Think, I think what I what I really love is if you look down the credits, you know, you've got Benjamin Percy, writer, Joshua Kassara, artist, colour artist, you know. But if you just swing right the way down there, <laughs> Jonathan Hickman, head of X. <laughs> <laughs> He's the showrunner. He's yeah. running all these books, yeah. you know what I mean? So this is this is all part of the plan. So this is but I, you know, they, we had talked about Marauders being important, New Mutants is definitely important, X-Men is written by Hickman, New Mutants is written guess, by Hickman, but this, all important. This, <laughs> this, this felt the first, like the first consequences. Yeah, exactly, we're, what we're, we're, now seeing, we're now seeing the kickback, but you know, mm-hmm. the, the pushback on what the X-Men have been doing in yeah. the world, and boy, did they, <laughs> did they kick back hard. <laughs> because House and Powers were all very positive. House and Powers were all very like, we're going to help the world. We're going to give you pills and mm-hmm. extend your life or cure illness. We're going to set up our little nirvana over here. We're not going to interfere in your world. You know, it ended with obviously, you know, Charles and Magneto overlooking um, all the fireworks and everybody yeah, celebrating. Yeah. It was all very hopeful. This was the first issue where it felt like that hope died mm-hmm. yeah, pretty that, quickly I as well. I guess that's a springing off point for whatever the rest of the X-Men are going to do, mm-hmm. I guess. Yeah, yeah I mean, yeah. you almost thought that, you know, something like this this mega happening would take 20, 30, mm-hmm. 40 issues. Yeah. yeah. The fact that it happened like this just caught me completely off guard. Do the... So, so here, my, my feeling was, is this has this been the plan? So the, the, the mechanism that we, that we have for the resurrection of those mutants... Was it just a case of, you know, Hickman wanted to play with the full deck of cards, so he's resurrected, he's, he's created this mechanism to resurrect all these mutants, so he can now get all his favourites back, all the people he wants to work with, you know. And now that's and now gone. That, now that, yeah. that's done, so that inserts a certain amount of danger back in again, you know what I mean? So uh, we, we can no longer have missions like in a House of X where the X-Men went up to try and disable the Orcus satellite yeah, and yeah. you know and then we're, we're resurrected the next episode because of this process yeah. is that is that what this is I guess we're going to see yeah it's we are it's really you know and uh, what happens to Magneto too now so what happens to Magneto where's, where's, I mean there's a, there's a lot of big power players in that quiet council Apocalypse yeah, being one of them yeah. Magneto being another one Emma Frost being another one you know what that's well, one of those things I mean Magneto was very much bought into Charles Xavier's plan here to stand with them but now he's been you know for all we know, he's been killed for it. So this will be Magneto's proper. See, they just humans just can't be trusted. Is it time for Moira? Is it time for Moira X to make a reappearance? <laughs> I oh, mean, yeah. isn't there still one of her, uh, one of Moira's lives? We still don't know about. Yeah. Was it life six? Was it? Yeah. There. No, well, life six. No, life, life six was. Yeah. yeah. Was there one timeline though that we didn't know about? Uh, there's an. There's another. There's some that that, that seemed to end prematurely yeah. that we were, that weren't fully <clears> explained. That needs to be a book. Yeah. The Life of Moira X, you know, that would be class. Just that another title on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but... Uh, uh, tell me this, how are they releasing these? Is it just week, 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 or is there... So, since this kicked off, uh, week one was X-Men number one. Uh, then after that, you got uh, Marauders number one. Then after that, the next week, you got Excalibur. Then you got your first week of two titles, and that was oh, okay. New Mutants number yeah. one, Next Force number one. Yeah. 
and then this week we've already got our delivery and our releases so you're going to get Fallen Angels number one which mm-hmm. is the last yeah. number one and X-Men number two ooh okay so I think there's going to be some weeks you get two titles although just looking ahead here at the coming soon three. there's one week there with three in November 27th God. but what's interesting as well I noticed they've already solicited a trade for the first six issue ones so this is you know again it, it is one story but I don't in know. a way that's absolutely <coughs> incredible because there's no <coughs> you it is one big story in a way yeah. which is amazing and it's I don't think um, as a comic reader you're not really used to that you're used to like oh this is a not a secondary X-Men yeah, book, yeah, right? yeah, but yeah, you, yeah. you're almost told to believe that uh-huh. yeah, yeah just I read know, the flagship title yeah, and it'll be fine yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. but like what if you read X-Men 2 this week and then it opens with you know Charles land there you know and like, Cerebro <laughs> destroyed and you're like sorry what <laughs> I just read X-Men See, one a day ago <laughs> and you see I'm not quite sure where where the X-Men the story in X-Men is going yet because really yeah. what it did was it interviewed it introduced the summer house to us and, and the score there and you know what's going on with Orcus but I'm not sure yet what the strand of that story is yeah you know so yeah. I mean it, it should be the core book it should be well again it's interesting sort of the, the world building going on in these um good regular Vars Jim who's a big X-Men fan you you met recently he was telling me about how he went back through House and Powers and one of the first and one of the first things you see in House number one is someone planting a flower on you know the surface of the moon yep oh, yeah. and then there's nothing yeah. and then you get X-Men number one you realise oh, hold on a second that's where the summer's house, yeah. Yeah. You know, <laughs> the, so the area of the moon yeah. <laughs> so there's some really clever long form storytelling yeah. at work here yeah. um, at first I was slightly pessimistic in that it was like oh I have to read all these now it's I want to read all yes, these yeah, absolutely yeah, yeah, so yeah. Um, the storytelling's yeah. excellent in it and it's killing me that Marvel's producing it one more uh, one more pick of the week from your good self Alan one more pick of the week and it's not even a DC title um, major it, links to DC though there's no shame in that yeah. there's no well, shame <laughs> there's major links to DC and Marvel because Charles Soule is very much a Marvel guy these days yeah. and Scott yes. Snyder is very much a died in the wool DC guy so what we're talking about next is my own pick of the week uh, again Keith and I sort of interchanged our two but uh, this is Undiscovered Country number one uh, so this is from the uh, writing team of Scott Schneider and Charles Soule uh, art team of Giuseppe Camoncoli and Danielle Orlandini colouring is by Matt Wilson which I have to mention because it's a big part of this book uh, lettering by Crank exclamation mark is it the same Matt Wilson that did Spider-Man? Same, that's the same Matt Wilson yeah. Yep. Yeah, so, uh, yeah so Undiscovered Country this is a title I had looked forward to for quite a while I think this first got announced at San Diego Comic Con um, the crux of the idea was that America builds a wall around itself. Some 30 years ago. Um, 30 years pass, and then at, uh, at the time they pitched it as a team then goes in to investigate. That's not quite the crux, but that's what we were given. Um, so Undiscovered Country, it kicks off uh, with this uh, helicopter, uh, which is heading, uh, it's about 12 nautical miles from the coastline of California, or I should Farmer. say... The former coastline. <laughs> um, so this is very much what I like to call the predator scene. <laughs> there has never been a movie or a piece of storytelling for me that has established characters quickly, more efficiently, and better than the helicopter scene in Predator. Goes around the whole helicopter, introduces them all. Hard to disagree with that. You yeah, get a yeah, sense yeah. straight away who these people are, right? So I think they did that very well here as well. This undiscovered country is going to be introducing a big cast of characters. 
Uh, so what we've essentially got on this uh, helicopter are people who have been invited into the US to talk, essentially, for the first time in 30 years. I for mean, a specific reason. For a specific Each reason. Of them have a specific reason, don't they? They all have their own motivations, yeah, which this is told in a very sort of TV style way where you've got this is the present, here's a flashback to this motivation. Here's a bit more of the present, here's a flashback, that kind of thing. But it's really interesting that, you know, the first couple of pages, you've got this helicopter going through and they're saying like, you know, oh, this is incredible. No one's gotten this close in 30 years, more than that even. And it's interesting as well, you can see the different, um, you can see the different sort of backgrounds and uh, straight away you've got someone who straight away has the little drone, wants to record everything, <laughs> clearly someone who loves social media, all that kind of stuff. You've got the doctor who just wants to help people. You've got sort of the the brother with the mysterious past, um, who is more of a, a warrior and a fighter. But you have you've the, got the you've got this 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 I find this guy really interesting. He's a researcher. Mm -hmm. He's an expert on you know American history and American culture. But he's clearly wasn't born whenever America closed its walls. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> it's all desk research. It's all academic. Academic. You know yeah. What I mean? So I think he's interesting. You've got the suit in the background. The two, business. Two negotiators. You yeah. know the negotiators and the business people. But what I what I loved about the first few pages was it's all very claustrophobic. It's all in this helicopter. It's all these people close together. Then you turn the page and bam, massive widescreen shots. Um, Double page, you know, double page spread. Welcome to the United States of America. You see this big massive wall built around it. You see cloud cover. You see tattered flags. You see perfect flags. You see, you know, loads of guns because, of course, this is America. Um, I actually thought at this point up at the top, I actually thought this was a baseball field for half a second um, where they've sort of got floodlights um, pushing down on it. But yeah, it's really interesting because they're all talking about it on the helicopter. Like, they want us here. They wouldn't harm us. They wouldn't do anything. Look, this is a mission. They want us here. And then, bang, missile comes at the helicopter. And they're they're sent um, to the ground. And that's when you get your first flashback. And this is... I, I love the structure of this book. Um, I love that you then get this flashback. So we're introduced to the um, the Doctor character. Oh, well, uh, no, I, say, I think the word building is fantastic in this because... The flashback cuts into Athens, which is in the Euro-Africa alliance. alliance. Mm -hmm. So you're kind of you're immediately going, okay, so Europe and Africa have allied. They're now a power group, you know. So we're starting to be able to just into into how the world has changed. You know what I mean? And I guess this is set. It's set in an alternate now. It's not it's in the yep. near future, you know, rather than the rather than the far future. Even in the dialogue, they talk about it too. They the, do, yeah. The Euro uh, Euro-Africa alliance, and then there's the. Uh, Pacific Alliance of some sort I can't remember um, uh, there's one further on that you get another because I think the world was was broken down into two different alliances yeah. essentially yeah. wasn't it the uh, the Alliance Euro-Afrique and the Pan-Asiatic Prosperity that's so. the one yeah. yeah but I mean the reason I knew someone you know like Keith would love this just as I did and, and whatever else is the world building I think is incredible I think what they've done in this it is an oversized issue one but straight away, so you've got America cut off, you've got the background of these characters, you then jump into this Euro-African alliance, you then start to hear about this red mist, and then there's the governments who are pouring poison over people to, you know, try and kill the people who are sick, essentially, you know, move them along. So, so there is, I mean, that, that that's that's the crux of this, is there's a, there's a virus called Sky, yeah, uh, which appears to, you know, 
there, there's some very Doctor Graves is the is the doctor who's you get the feeling she's the protagonist. Yeah, of this. she definitely is, and it, we're t- she's very familiar with the the sickness and how it works, you know. And and there's the there's the but my back's got the twists now, and everyone knows once you get you get them right before this guy kills you, you know. And so that this is clearly a very well established uh, um, like disease profile you know so mm-hmm. they've obviously been fighting this for a long time yeah very I familiar mean with it, even as these helicopters go over the top you know the kids saying like they say it's poison so the government can kill all the sick people before they spread the sky around <clears throat> and you've even got all this scramble of people looking for roofs to you know stop this poison from falling on them and it's very dog eat dog world you know yeah, it's, yeah. it's a very much a you know basic survival uh, world and then you get this character that comes in called uh, Colonel Pavel Bukowski, uh, who's with a special unit of the Alliance Combined Air Operations Center. I had not realized uh, until I read back the second time that he's the same guy who is the colonel who is flying the plane, flying, yeah. the, flying the helicopter, because he's wearing a mask. Yeah. Uh, and then you just one of them, you see a wee, a wee, wee bit of beard there. A wee tuft of beard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah that's, that's actually a very good point. Um, yeah, so he's someone who is looking to recruit a very select team to go into America. They've received a, a transmission saying that they want to talk and they want to possibly provide the world with a solution to this sky virus. Um, unfortunately, this little boy does die. He was that too far gone. awesome the way he dies. It's <laughs> interesting. It kind of, it semi-reminded me of uh, Strange Skies where he's burning, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah. with the blue coming out. <laughs> But it, it just very quickly again. It's the it's the efficiency of the world building. It very quickly, you know, shows you the consequences of this world within a few pages. It introduces this introduces you know. So it also we've already seen this group in the helicopter. This is a flashback, and it mentions you know she says to 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 Pavel to Bogowski, Look, if you if you think I can help you find my brother. You know, so we're already talking about the brothers. Yeah. So I thought what they did, they, what they did, they did a really good job of introducing those six or seven characters. Yeah, uh, and I was interested enough that I flicked back to make sure I had names. And you know, they it's, it's quite subtle because you know the first few panels they refer to Major Graves, yeah, and Doctor Graves, and then you're like, oh, are they married? Oh no, they're brother and sister. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know what I mean. So it's, uh, but it, yeah, it just it leaves lots of threads dangling, and it's just little curiosity bits like you know. Where uh, because he actually says, "Oh, we we got a message. It's from America," and she goes, "That's," and he goes, "Impossible, right? Believe me, I know. We all do. The message is absolutely impossible. But don't you want to hear it?" <laughs> so then we cut back to uh, the present. Uh, the helicopters went down. You've got one person under a lot of debris. With you know, no one has been killed, but there are a few injuries. Straight away, I go back to the uh, the millennial right here, who straight away has the drone out and straight away is like, "Oh, we're recording again. Uh, have to document everything. Have to show this to the world." Obviously, as we're oh, big time. Well, I mean, she. It's clear that she's a journalist of some kind. She's yeah, a, you know, she's a. Yeah, she's no, a, but she's it's a document. You know, I don't know. I, I hate that kind of character. Is not <laughs> is not even bothered about the people. Like you yeah. can actually see she's turned her back. Oh my god, to the person who's in pain, yeah. uh-huh. and instead of helping, it's like, oh, we gotta record this. Yeah. You know, but, a lot but, of these yeah. people exist. Yeah, but, but uh, yeah, so you get all this stuff, and they they fallen down. They're still trying to understand, you know, a why they were shot down. B they were shot down when they were invited to come to America. Um, you know, all these negotiators are sticking their hands up, going like, "Oh, it's all right. If someone's up there, you might need a trained negotiator." 
Um, you know, so that they, they split the party effectively. They leave uh, Colonel Bukowski with the helicopter. I mean, haven't they read Die? I mean, you yeah, never, split the party, the party, you know? never split the party. Never split the party. So, uh, so they see a light. They see a, what looks like a beacon. So, so Bukowski remains with the helicopter in order to try and fix it. You know, he he feels he can he can still get it going. Doesn't look like it to me, but then I'm not an expert. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but uh, and the rest of them head off in order to try and track down what the beacon is. They still they still feeling as they've been invited here. So yeah, you know what the hell happened? Uh, another flashback. We see the message from. Uh, this we is see the message from uh, Dr. Elgin. Isn't and this that right? is in Istanbul, so it is. Um, so, yeah, it's essentially this message saying, like, we know about the world, we know the problems it's having, we know this. I love the way they refer to it as even that little plague you've been dealing with. It's very yeah, American. Fucking American. See, like. this is the thing. <laughs> Roddy and I talked about this a little bit before we started recording, and this was one of the things he said he wasn't as much of a fan of, was this whole uh, America's, it was, it was, it was this, tongue in cheek. America's yeah. the savior and this and that. But, but I like that because yeah, that's very much a real world thing where America do think they can solve everybody's yeah, problems. Yeah. They will send their armies wherever they want because they'll go yeah, out the time tonight. Yeah, not yeah. that we can speak. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Yeah. It's it's yeah. it's sort of like America has always had that thing of like America's the center of the world. Yeah. And that's what this read like to me. It's like, you know. And some of the, some of the, the we'll world help building you. stuff, <laughs> some of the world building stuff later on goes out, actually goes into that. But yeah. effectively, what they do here is they, they show us how serious the sky virus is. <laughs> they, they introduce the ticking clock that effectively. The, the RO number which is the infection rate of the virus yeah, uh, is too high it's you know the CFR is over 80% it's going to infect the rest of the world humanity has six months yeah and that's a, that's the crux of it you know it's interesting um, the wording used here as well where he says but there's hope a shining beacon on the hill when you just had a shining there's beacon a light on the, on the hill yeah. come to this you know so America have, have a cure a real one they're willing to negotiate uh, with both empires to release it it's got to happen here on American soil if it all goes well you just you leave with a cure and maybe just maybe we'll consider reopening our borders yeah. you know so follow the rules you'll be honoured guests you yeah. know so and that is where we end up you know we're, we're introduced to the, to the to the other characters um, there's there's a, a, a negotiator from the uh, pan-Asiatic uh, prosperity yeah doo -doo -doo. and there's a there's another negotiator um, from the alliance, that's that's Janet Worthington. So, uh, Chang and Lu is the is, and Janet Worthington are the two negotiators. Um, we've got uh, Doctor Graves, who is the doctor we've been introduced to earlier on. We've got Major Graves, who it becomes clear that that the Graveses were were born in America, yeah, and had to get out. So they they're they are American, but have yeah, you know so. There's 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 something about their history. There's 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 a connection to America with its now closed borders. Um, he also we got Charlotte Graves. Uh, she's an epidemiologist. Uh, Doctor Ace Kenyatta, an expert on American society and history, who will serve as a sort of cultural translator. Will give context to whatever we see. And Valentina Sandoval, who will serve both as journalist and scribe to document this historic this historic encounter. And then we've got uh, we've got um, Colonel Bukowski, uh, who's sort of leading the thing um, where we discover that Sam Elgin who is the American the guy who has sent the sent message, the message. Uh, is associated with the Aurora Project <laughs> which is a think tank with close ties to the US government it was based on the Rockies it anticipated threats to American security it came up with solutions before the fact they had experts in every field across all sorts of sciences and all sorts of engineering so um, so yeah so we've got our we've got our uh, we've got our cast and yeah 
uh, and that. So it, it's it all that's that's where normalcy ceases. Yeah, I mean, it's, <laughs> yeah. And, uh, <laughs> In a couple of pages, it's where it takes a turn for me, but we'll get we'll yeah, get to that. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. I mean, they're still asking questions. They've all been put together, and they're like, you know, how can this be real? Is the Selgin man now the leader of the states? Like the president? Do they even have one? You know, all this kind of stuff. All questions, but, no answers. Absolutely. So, but I do like that Doctor Graves is sort of like it doesn't matter. We have to go because she knows that what they're saying about the sky virus is true. Uh-huh. Like the world is going yeah. to end. You know, she says like maybe even more generous in six months top sky will end us um but yeah so they start going so it cuts back then to um the the current time and they are walking up a hill going towards where this beacon is and so forth and they get to the top and someone says is it clear miss sandoval can you see anything a town a city a shining beacon no i see something else and then bam you're hit with another two pages another double page spread i should say sorry you've got what looks like two guys on the back of a shark with harnesses on it you've got um about seven or eight different vehicles there you've got an rv in the background you've got a car with a massive sail like a pirate you've got a large snake (laughs) which seems to be slithering around the ground you see what looks like a walrus there these are all these are all mounts with 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 these people on the back of them that are clad and clad in uh in silvered material you've got what look like tortoises almost yeah, like mutated tortoises yeah. pulling what looks like a tank you've all got sorts of strange creatures you've got a massive tiger on top and you know substituted for a flag on top of a large flagpole well that's it's got stripes you know it's just it's just awesome i, know stars. I mean I know, stars, so. I know i know you were saying roddy you weren't too sure at this point it took a bit of a turn for you i mean yeah. for me this is where i was just like I am all in on this. I am all in on this. I was out at this point. Despite I, can, I agree with Rory on that. It kind of pushed me away at that point. But this is thirty years in the future. This is like you want you want stuff. Well, the, yeah, you want stuff that you don't know the answers of. Like if that was six, you know, government SUV black vehicles that drove up, you'd be like, well, I mean, this, this was very deliberate. I think this 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 is very very deliberately designed to throw you off. And yeah, yeah. it may be thirty years in the future, but. Jesus and what 2000 or 1989 there definitely weren't yeah. no, but so it doesn't, sharks on land and but the thing is it doesn't start there I mean you get to the back matter and you look at the timeline and basically the day the borders closed in America was 2029 so this is 2059 oh, right, so yeah, you're yeah, actually yeah. really far in the future here you have this timeline at the back timeline of the ceiling of the United States so they call July 20th 2029 zero day the ceiling the day the borders closed the day the world lost America perhaps forever one day one single act by the country's leaders uh, but the seeds of that catastrophe had been sown many years before so this is this is potentially from our time now 40 years in the future for all you know all these are mechanical they're just there for show you don't know but I love that it just throws you because (laughs) Yeah. yeah Again, if you okay. have if you have six black unmarked vehicles approaching this helicopter, you're like, mm. so and there they are. They're rounding the helicopter. They have Bukowski. Yeah, uh, he's still going to remember the diplomatic mission. This this critter, this guy with these mad long arms in the back of this bison. Yeah, uh, you know, says you're invaded the United States, and he's got, that he's, black, got black, he's got the black. He's got the black who laughs. Yeah, he does. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Soul of the sea text. And there's 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 some stuff. <laughs> There's some stuff in here that sort of reminds me a wee bit of the Hills of Eyes, uh, or this sort of. Uh, so, uh, well, I guess what I mean, what I mean about that is in the the Hills of Eyes, the you know the cannibals sort of 
consider themselves to be Americans. They consider themselves, yeah, it's yeah, a, yeah. but it's a corrupt. Yeah, it's a corrupt uh, version of, of patriotism. Of, it's a perversion you know, of a, patriotism. A perversion, a perversion of culture, you know. And he's like, no foreign boots shall ever set it foot was, on American soil. For me, it's a it's a brilliant scene, and I love I love that, and I love the Snyder black and white or black and red. Yeah. But yeah, for me, I was just like this. It was set up really. I just didn't expect this or no. even want it. You know, and <laughs> this this the, this really odd individual who appears is called the destiny man yeah you know or no, maybe this is known as the destiny man's first officer yeah you know they're clad and, and foil <clears throat> you know why are they clad in foil there's a whole lot of why are they why are they why, we can't see any of them we can't see their skin yeah. we can't, you know are they trying to protect themselves do they think the world is poisoned yeah. you know, they've even got their mouths covered if they're killing that guy does that mean they don't kill him they don't kill him they just they just the, 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 the carnivorous bison just bites off his yeah skin. he's he's trying to be sort of quite calm Bukowski he's sort of like um yeah I'm a member of a diplomatic mission we seem to have gotten a little yeah. off track <laughs> I mean if I saw all these people coming to me I would not be calm yeah. mm-hmm. but they straight away just matter of fact like oh you've invaded the United States of America I didn't invade I was invited this is all just no foreign boots boom they don't kill him they bite so his boot that, off does that mean it happens a lot then <coughs> This is maybe America. maybe or, more than you think. I mean, does, does does Bukowski maybe know more than he's letting on about the whole thing? But anyway, mm, our, yeah. the rest of our heroes find themselves cornered because between a rock and a hard place because there's more of these critters coming yeah. the other direction. <laughs> um, yeah. And they're, they I see. mean, there's a great line there. We're like she's recording, obviously that hateful character. Uh, we're in the midst of flame. What can only be described as unruly locals. <laughs> <laughs> and one of them went unruly. I could think of plenty of other ways to describe them. You hack. Yeah. Now move. <laughs> anyway, our, our, uh, so they're, they're caught between a rock and a hard place, two oncoming forces, you know, and it seems that the, this this larger force that seems to be moving about in this uh, rolling city tank thing. That's, that made uh, me think of Mortal Engines. Yeah, I haven't I seen the movie, him, but yeah. it made me think yeah. of that. Um, but uh, their 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 apparent rescue seems to come in the form of this uh, um, masked clad another figure who you can't see any skin. Um, He's, he's got a really strange speech pattern. Yeah. Um, shows him that he has, he has the American flag, the stars and stripes, and he says, now follow closely as you really want to tangle with the Destiny Man. And I expect you do not. The Destiny Man, the black god of the desert, you just saw his lieutenant down there. Yeah. So, the, 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 so they, yeah. Yeah, so they basically go into a sort of secret base within this rock formation, pull the, pull the entrance back across. There, nothing's getting through there. We're safe. Uh, it used to be a mine. They're saying they're perfectly safe. Of course, uh, Major Graves, like, you keep saying that. I think I'll keep worrying all the same. Um, but, yeah, so you have all this stuff. And then, again, you get more with great world building. This is this is raising so many questions, and that's what I loved about it. Because a first issue, for me, should intrigue you to the point of, I want more answers to this. Uh-huh. And that's what it did. So you have this sort of hidden city, almost, and you have a lot of, you have a lot of Americana things there. You know, you have the neon mm. sign. You have, you know, the... You know the interstate um, ba- uh, signs up on the wall. You got like petrol, gas pumps. You even got like triple X peep shows, and there's all yeah, this sort of artifacts. Yeah, all these artifacts of the rocking chair. You know, mm-hmm. it's all this. Like even look if you look in the table, there's a lava lamp. Yeah, like these people are struggling really, really hard to be American as well. Yeah, you know, what they what they feel. You know, and these 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 were under just the silent majority minority. Silent because we can't make much noise, or the destiny man will find us in minority because there ain't many of us left. <laughs> So they then have, uh, they lead the two Graveses. Uh, they seem to be the two most important of the group. Again, they were born in America. Yeah. They're, you know, so. So, I, I mean, I even like this. It's uh, They're brought into this sort of uh, room where there's a flag up there that has 
Codelands, The New People, Purple Mountain Kingdom, Tempest, uh, Tossed, The Shining Sea, Knox, Brackets, Dollar Dollar Dollar, The Red Glare, Question Mark, so again, that's obviously unexplored territory, and Destiny, which is obviously, you have to think that's where they are, you know, with their fall in with the Destiny Man. But even like the line of welcome friends to the Oval Office, well, it's more of a circle, but hey, old habits. Um, and they're starting to learn, like, that's the US, that's what's left of left of it. And there, there's all sorts of weird stuff going on here, you know. So this map of America, this this amateurish map of America is on the wall here. And the this guy, who we still, we still don't know who he is at this stage, he's still clad, fully clad. But as you say, on the wall, and there, there there's a like a red, white and blue path. On yeah. the map, and it's like a spiral, and he talks about anyway. This is where we'll make the spiral, the plan. This is where the spiral walk will begin, all the way to the heartland. Wait, I mean, why would they do a spiral walk to the heartland? Why not just go straight from point yeah, A to point B? Point A to point you B. You know, so there's something going on here. There's something. There's, you know, they're they're still trying to work it out, and uh, and, and we discover then that that the the, the, the clad man is is in fact. Sam Elgin. Sam Elgin, but the uh, and he's even said, "I didn't send no message. Never heard of any being sent." So there's obviously manipulation yeah, to get exactly. these guys here. Yeah, yeah, and the other thing is, we we see Sam in a very classic pose. He's he's got a very classic haircut, a very classic beard, a very classic yeah. point. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that that of Uncle Sam. And I, I want <laughs> I want you to save America. And then you know, as if for me anyway, as if the issue wasn't great enough, you get this great back matter. You get these little excerpts from. You know, the yeah. new world, an oral history of the ceiling. It didn't seem possible people die. Countries don't, at least not like that. But that's what happened. One day to the next, the United States was gone from the world. I was on a date when I heard. I remember. It ended up going very well. We were in shock. A little comfort seemed just like seemed like just the thing. <laughs> the whole world was in shock, really. It stayed that way for a long time. Madeleine Levouth, 53, primary school teacher, Paris, Alain Chiro-Afrique. Uh, seemed out of character the states always like to poke its nose in every other country's business and then they just stop didn't make sense still doesn't really Johnny Batista 61 software engineer um, then you get that timeline time we, of the ceiling, yeah, we that chatted about before and obviously I think they're going to fill the rest of that in There's as know, we go yeah, yeah a few more points to make there uh, great great essay about the origins of the, the book from Charles Sowell and, yeah, and I mean, uh, Scott Snyder Snyder's done this before when he did Witches with Jock yeah. there was a great sort of three page almost mini essay at the back about where the inspiration came from um, I mean I love this uh so that spring, in hopes of finding the right idea, we decided to accept another invitation. Over the years, separately doing research for Batman and Daredevil, because <laughs> Soul was on, what, two years yeah, in Daredevil? Yeah, yeah, that's right. We'd come into contact with a man who had worked in the CIA for a number of years and was still an active consultant on matters of national security. Um, so it, you can I see did, the I research. I sort of wondered whether they were talking about talking. <laughs> <laughs> you never know, actually. Um, but yeah I love that you can see all the research that went into all of this you can see that this idea had been in their head for a long time they even said like that was 2017 so that's at least two years this has been yeah well it's even longer than that they talk about how they met and how they, they met at uh, the conference and they started running together every time they, they, they met at a conference oh, okay, running yeah. together and they became, how they became friends so. and then I know there was a, a, a particular paragraph that stood out for you yeah there really was but the, the origin of, of, of where the story came from so you know they were talking about Ferris Bueller uh, for some reason. Oh, they were they had, they were visiting somewhere and they were, they had the Ferris Bueller Ferrari set up on display for tourists. And it says so. Taking a break, we started talking about that movie, about how it's a favorite of our kids. This led to a conversation about how differently our children consume entertainment. 
from the ways we had as kids how much of their experience is now theirs to choose. Uh, we talked about how they'll be able to completely choose the politics they consume, the, the entertainment, how great and horrible it all is, that total agency, how almost everything they don't want to hear or see will be avoidable, how they'll be able to insulate themselves in their own interests, whatever those may be, more singularly than any generation before, will our kids be less likely to look outside themselves, outside their own comfort zones? Will they never want to be challenged to explore or just to get lost? And then they talk about, you know, the effect of that on a global scale. The same tensions, you know, it's the tensions between collectivism and, and uh, I guess that, that collectivism and that individuality, you know, and how it's playing out in, in countries, you know, and, 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 you know, there's there's countries that are teetering in total retreat from the global stage and some desperate for, for, for globalism, you know, and, and multilateral action. So it's it just really interesting. Um, I, I mean, I find that I find that paragraph really, really stood out to me, you know, because I think there's, I, I do see the effect of it every single day, you know, and, and people living in, people living in bubbles, yep, you know, yep, and, sure. and and in self-created realities, and being able to just choose what they see and choose what, how they insulate themselves from things that are uncomfortable, and I, I don't think that's a good thing. Yep, don't yep. think that's a good thing. You know what I mean? It, it, it insulates you from other opinions. It, you know, even if those opinions aren't opinions that you feel are right, they are opinions that other people hold. And, you know, you've got to be able to deal with that. You've got mm -hmm. to be able to deal with that. And you've got to be able to deal with having your opinions challenged, you know, whether it's unpalatable or not. You know, yeah, let's do it right now. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, for me, um, I felt like it dropped off a cliff and it got Mad Maxi and I didn't want it to be Mad Maxi because I thought it was brilliant. I thought I was like, oh, this is like political, it's intriguing. But even hearing that paragraph again, I'm like, okay, so it might be, I hated the Uncle Sam thing at the end. Yeah. I thought it was so corny. Yeah. I thought the Mad Max stuff was like, mm, it's a beautifully illustrated book. But I'm thinking reading that paragraph again or listening to you talk about it, I'm thinking maybe there's a satire of American culture yeah, and nostalgia. I don't know more to it. But um, don't know. Don't I don't know, know, if don't it know it about satire and sharks. And maybe satire is, but I'm not sure if that's what it is. At the end of the day, the creators are all American. Yeah. You know, so they will have a certain level of pride in their country. But I also think they're poking fun at it a little bit as oh, well. Oh, for sure. Yeah. You know, yeah. I don't think it's like you're you're supposed to take that. You know, I want you to you know yeah. save us as this is a call to arms and all the rest. <laughs> it's just yeah. playing off a sort of American iconography. Mm, yeah. And that's what sure. that little scene was doing with mm -hmm. the the lava lamp and the triple X signs and the gas pump and and um, I'm really interested to see because what I'm what I'm expecting now is to see Snyder and Soul take elements of American culture to the extreme in like a real black mirror sort of mm. a way. Yeah. You know, so okay, that's yeah. what I'm interested in seeing. You know, those there'd be there'd be consumerism in there, there'd be elements of consumerism and capital, but there'd be elements of, you know, free society and democracy. I, I I'm just I'm interested to see them teasing those things out and just expanding them to a ridiculous level. You know, yeah, to yeah, a ridiculous yeah. end point. So I think I think that's gonna be really interesting. I can yeah. agree with Roddy. Kinda of, it lost me. I don't know if maybe it'll read better as trade, but I just kinda of felt like the ending it hadn't done anything for me. It just hadn't held my attention. Similar to you, once that Mad Max group appeared, I kind of I was like, "This isn't what I was looking for in this and, book." And I, I love was, Mad Max. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to know what yeah. you thought was going to happen. 
This is a society that's cut off for 30 years, has no trade with the rest of the world or no contact. America still has a lot of isolated no. places and nice. deserts and mm-hmm. all but the rest. I, but you know, yeah, I, again, I mean, I'm, uh, that does not, you know, uh, that does not explain what? why there why are, there's why there are creatures like that. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, so, no, so something has uh, happened. North Korea has tremendous swamp monsters, obviously. Yeah, <laughs> we just don't know about it. No, not all, but the, the, <laughs> what, I, what I would say though is that it has set up all these really interesting threads, and these are two writers yeah. that yeah. I trust yeah, cool. oh, yeah. to yeah, explain yeah, it. Sure. I'm no, I'm absolutely yeah. with you. I'm absolutely with you. It's just to keep you keep saying it's thirty years in the future, and I. I've been around for like 45 I mean, years. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I know we're all still raging. We don't have hoverboards yet. Okay, that's, you know, so and that was 30. We have hoverboards yeah. that just keep catching on fire. So, so, we, yeah. we still don't have self-facing <laughs> shoes. So, so what? What's what? What I'm interested in is how these massive, uh, like biological and ecological and sociological changes have Are come about in such a short period of time, which is only 30 years. It's longer than Killen's been alive. <laughs> By five years. It's a long time. It's <laughs> <laughs> a long time. <laughs> no, I don't know. I mean, for me, as a first issue, I, it was everything I yeah, wanted to I be really because it. Yeah. it probably raised about 20 questions mm. I'm looking forward to having answered. <laughs> yep. yeah. I thought, well, I agree with that. <laughs> I thought the art the art was absolutely spectacular. Yeah. Can, um, what's, uh, has Cameron Coley done? I know he's done before? stuff for DC before. I'm pretty sure he was on The Flash at one point, um, Cameron Coley. Yep, that's um, familiar, yeah. Uh, he's also worked on Spider-Man, I think, as well. Me as in Spider-Man, quite a few issues. Was he in Hellblazer? Um, no, it seems to be predominant. Oh, yeah, there you go. DC, uh, he was on Hellblazer. Um, did a lot of Superior Spider-Man. Um, so he did quite a lot of the yeah, issues yeah, of Superior. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then quite a lot of Amazing Spider-Man as well. So, um, yeah, Italian artist. But it even had a bit of a European sensibility to it, I thought. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the, yeah. the colors and... Um, Here's the, the question. Stuff. Are you going to stick out for issue two? Oh yeah, yeah, I thought so. Yeah, there you go. You yeah. enjoyed it. You know you did. <laughs> Snyder, it's, you know you got to. Yeah. What about you? You're. Are you I'm off? not sure. I feel if I might try issue two, and if it can't hold me, it's. I going think to be at this point. Thing. I think at this point, if Keith and I can't talk into it, I think I think no, we're done. It's, I, th- I feel like it's going to be something that <laughs> I'll read and I'll read as I'm just, as I need to for reviews, but it's something yeah. I would prefer to read in trades. I'm curious to see what it's going to be lengthwise. There's. There's already it's rum- ongoing, isn't it? It's ongoing, but there's rumors already of this replacing The Walking Dead as a long, ongoing series. As, um, as, as images, images looking for the yeah. next, bang, you know, big bang book. Yeah, looking yeah. for the you know, it's it's already a been that big names for it. So well, it's already been that to a degree. It's the biggest selling indie number one in five years. Option for mm-hmm. option trilogy from, and movies, yep, or something um, along those lines. Yeah, so. so it's. Uh, but again, you can see the effort and care that went into it, not just oh, for the yeah. story, but the back pages. They I love the, the back matter stuff. Logo design and... I just liked it better than like the... Cover design. Scene. Well, you're just wrong, so it's fine. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you're not invited back for next Well, time. your DC oh, buddy is uh, turned, turned on you. <laughs> yeah. this, doesn't, this doesn't work out the way you hoped. <laughs> I'm, I'm alienating everyone. Like, anyway. We're so Anyway. Keith doesn't um, like my favourite Highlander movie. the third one. At least it's not the second one. <laughs> I wasn't meant to be the, the second one, or something. <laughs> there, there can be only one. Just remember that. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. So I mean, that was all of our uh, all of our picks of the week. There were a few notable mentions. You know, I'm not going to go into details, but no. a couple of things I enjoyed. Batman Universe I thought was really solid. Uh, Brad Michael Bendis, Nick Darrington, just really fun. 
it's not a kick in the arse off Batman 66 in tone but for a mini series I, I, I kind of like that uh, there was a little boom series I thought was great called The Magicians uh, which is by a writer called Lev Grossman um, and art by Dan Sturges uh, just again a really interesting first issue um, and then one other one I just throw a bit of love out for is a series called Death or Glory which is just come back after its first arc this was a return uh, this is a Rick Remender title he of Deadly Class and Venom and all kinds of good stuff uh, and art spa French artist called Bengal really really good uh, title that one um, Keith notable mentions um, I'm gonna fire uh Gonna gonna stick on the stick on the Marvel. That's uh, a big the pile there, Keith. Yeah. Come on. Uh, second <laughs> issue of uh, Christopher Cantwell's Salvador La Roca's Doctor Doom. Yeah, I'm loving was this. Was great. Yeah. Uh, I love La Roca's art, um, but the the story we've had just uh, Morgana Le Fay and uh, there's some really great stuff, some really interesting geopolitical stuff. We've got uh, Doctor Strange and Doctor Strange yeah. and Silver Sable and Herbie the Robot uh, appearing. <laughs> no uh, wonder you thought that was linked to amazing because you're Silver <laughs> Sable as well. Yeah, exactly. And uh, Herbie's got some really good conversations with Doctor Doom. What's interesting is Herbie. Herbie's got legs. That's interesting. Normally, he's a wee floaty leg thing. Um, <laughs> And yeah, he does have some interesting conversations. Herbie so. is the Fantastic Four. Spot? Herbie is a Fantastic Four robot, and in the Fantastic Four cartoon, uh, what was interesting was that it was always felt that I think it was Johnny Storm was too violent because he was on fire. Mm. They were worried whenever in the sixties cartoon that kids uh, are going to set themselves on fire and on fire, so they fly replaced, they replaced Johnny Storm with Herbie the robot. <laughs> oh, yeah. So uh, and there was a great scene in uh, Fantastic Four a couple of weeks back where. The Fantastic Four replaced Ben Grimm with Herbie the Robot. Um, so, yeah, uh, that is. I mean, uh, I'm, I'm really enjoying this book. Yeah, really enjoy. It yeah. was very close to being my pick uh, this this week, but we talked a lot about it last uh, last week. So, yeah, I think we, we uh, gave it a lot of love, didn't we? The first one. Yeah, yeah. I would say if you if you you haven't convinced yourself to get on Doctor Doom. Do so. Is, is it? A, it's a mini series, I think. Is it a limited series? I think Alan said oh, it was ongoing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, there you are. So that's a good it's one. Actually, ooh, should we say he's left the room now, so we can't. Uh, yeah. We can't ask him. No, he's gone. Can't. He's can't. gone for now. Uh, I enjoyed the first issue of Ed of uh, Jonathan Hickman and Ed Breeson's New Mutants. Uh, New Mutants are a particular, particularly interesting uh, favorite team of mine. Uh, the the lineup for New Mutants also includes not just the New Mutants but members of Generation X, Mondo and Chamber. Um, and this looks like it is set to be a wee bit of a spaceborne one, as the New Mutants uh, alongside okay. the Star Jammers go in search of their missing member, uh, Cannibal, uh, cool. who, who who isn't here. The art in this is kind of lovely. Um, it's uh, Rod Reyes. Oh yeah, yeah. Yep. Winter Soldier and uh, yeah, exactly. And um, so, Very as good. before, it links back to the as we said the rich the rich soil that uh, that Hickman has has planted. But nothing quite is earth shattering in it. Um, well, maybe not not initially, but there's some really really interesting stuff. Um, really interesting character stuff. Uh, but no, not 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 the same as you say earth shattering moment as you find in X Factor. <laughs> And then lastly was uh, Daredevil number 13, um, Chip Zdarsky. Um, it was just a beautiful looking book. Um, Marco Cicero is, is still in art. Uh, this is the Through Hell storyline, it's part three of it. Um, 
Daredevil, Daredevil has been broken this entire run so far. He's, he hasn't really been Daredevil, but uh, last issue he was attempting to save a fake Daredevil from corrupt cops in New York, and he fell short. He just wasn't quite wasn't quite up to it, you know. And his ex Electra was there to save him, and she has offered his assistant her assistance to train him. Uh, meanwhile, Mayor Wilson Fisk, the former kingpin of crime has fallen back in the old habits when he was confronted by a bully in the uh, in the home of the world's richest people, world's most powerful people, and he he killed this guy in the bathroom and now he finds himself in a very uh, tenuous situation. But the, just the art, Chichero's art in this is just gorgeous. Um, Zdarsky's writing, so... Uh, yeah. I think it's the emotions that Chichero yeah. conveys in it, especially on Kingpin, because he goes through a... Wilson goes through uh, quite the raft of emotions. This I issue. I find I find all the threads of this issue to be really interesting. Um, there is the the kingpin moment where 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 he doesn't know what to do. All because I'm still a scared boy trying to survive in the streets, unable to let slights pass without without. He just needs Wesley's help. He needs the Rangers' help to, to to try and tidy up after him. You know, he doesn't know what to do. It's not very often you see the kingpin in that in that situation. Yeah, so vulnerable, but, uh, but yeah, vulnerable, but. Uh, they're the 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 training scenes with Matt and Electra are absolutely fantastic, uh, really beautifully rendered, and uh, I love Matt with that you know that white half mask on. You know, just you always forget that their devil doesn't need eye holes. You know, um, just some really and the, you know the 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 imagery to convey Matt's radar sense, uh, which has been used previously, but mm. but it's just really fantastic you know and he he anticipates Electra you know trying to trying to hit him with a stick and he jabs back and dents her heart you know and uses a nerve bundle and, you know so we can see the rise of Daredevil again he's, he's starting to get there the rise of Daredevil and the fall of Fisk yeah yeah exactly so it's uh, there's some really interesting stuff going on all linking back to the previous stuff so yeah uh, that's Daredevil number 13 um, that'll be I guess that'll be a couple of trades now won't it that'll be the third uh, trade yeah so so yeah, great stuff. Yeah, cool. All Marvel for me this this week. All Marvel, very good. But, uh, I should point out at this point that Keith just stopped at his pad just as he got the DC book. Oh, Lois Lane. Lois Lane <laughs> yeah. has been fantastic <laughs> all the way through. <laughs> yeah, you know, I could go through the rest of this pile. It's very, very, very Yeah, yeah it yeah, is the DC pile. There. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but um, no, Lois Lane's an issue five of twelve, and it's just yes, Greg Rocker, brilliant. Cool. Uh, go to me, honorary. Please don't mention details. Honorary. Are you ready yet? No. Okay. You handed me your copy. Because I was reading something else, so yeah, I haven't read it. Uh, okay, honorary and customary mention for die number nine. Split the party. No spoilers. Not talking anything else. We will. <laughs> I think we'll get to it next time because that is the next time is the final. I issue telling me the end of issue, the first yeah, start. That's, yeah. that's so what we're, yeah. what we're discovering here is we're quite happy to spoil our audience, but not each other. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they were the audience they have were a worried. choice to listen. Alan was there. Um, <laughs> Strange Skies over East Berlin continues to be fantastic. Yes, uh, yes it was really like the paranoia is just off the charts. It's amping up. It is amping up. It's another another great example of the yeah. great stuff booms do. Yeah. I uh, start to wonder whether or not the the creature or the alien or whatever it is in Strange Skies is really not as is really just the backdrop to tell the story of this paranoia. Oh yeah, I, I for mean, sure. Yeah, yeah. It's, 
Um, yeah, I also had Doctor Doom number two. Um, so the Doctor Doom has appeared two of our yeah. number mentioned. That's <laughs> really strong, really strong book. I don't know if you read number two. I've read number one just so and, far. Uh, I think uh, Transformers number fourteen was out. Uh, sort of a return to form for me. I haven't really been not enjoying it's probably the wrong thing to say but I've just sort of been it was the demise, it was the demise yeah. of Rubble wasn't it yeah it was just, we straight I mean, downhill it would be fair to say the first six issues were really intriguing yeah, yeah, yeah great yeah. world building and all that but then it got too bogged down in the political ideas of yeah. it all and yeah. you didn't really care enough about them but I think uh, there's sort of you're seeing an alliance between you know the key Decepticons now um, Starscream Megatron and Soundwave uh-huh. so that's pretty interesting cool. I thought that's kind of the crux of that issue Undiscovered Country I also have here um, and that's pretty much it there is another series I've picked up called Pandemica which is quite a good companion to Undiscovered Country because it's about an outbreak in America Ew. but this one does not have crazy monsters sweet or does it <laughs> um, <laughs> just you with issue three yeah um i wasn't wasn't too sure in the first one though but i thought uh issue two sort of ramped things up really nicely so it looks like it's a battle a for slow burner maybe life. yeah i'm dig really dug issue two so that's those are kind of my picks sweet i have just the two oh, uh yeah. do they both feature it? superman Yes and no. Mine's <laughs> uh, Superman in the Sky, number five, which is the penultimate issue of this miniseries. Uh-huh. Tom yeah. King and um, Andy Kubert. It's just great, again. Just yeah, I mean, we've I've certainly said it before numerous times, but easily the best Superman title. What Ben this is doing is great yeah. and all the rest, but for me, this... I've talked before about like how American Alien used to be my choice for people for distilling down yeah. the character into one story. This is going to replace that um, easily. Because you know Tom King's a good guy. Even outside of the creative issues and, you know, Max Landis and all the rest. But Uh, it is distilled Superman down brilliantly. And even throwbacks to golden stories like the race with the Flash and... Yeah, wonderful. Just this leaves a lot of this interaction with Darkseid and Darkseid putting an impossible choice upon Superman. Yeah. To kill a man, which Superman is... Well, you know what they say about Darkseid? Darkseid is. Is... What's great about it as well um, <laughs> is that it, it's such a it's it's a really fun story hook in that Superman obviously wants to save this girl, but, he's but every issue is every basically issue. just like you need to do this and I'll get you to the next step of your journey. Yeah, it's, you show, it's showing the steps that he's willing to go to save one person. Yeah, which is the essence of him as a hero is that he will yeah. do all these things. He'll fly yeah. to the end of the universe. He'll deal with Darkseid to save one little girl. Yeah. Um, but it's great one more issue left of it um, and we're assuming he will at least find the little girl at some point mm-hmm. unless there's a sequel but no that was great and then just issue 35 of Justice League uh, it, it was just great again yet, it was great yeah uh, well I won't spoil it for you yeah, well, but thank you. it's a Legion of Doom issue primarily yeah, it very much you know how much Legion you like those I... and it has the beautiful acetate <laughs> cover lovely the acetate covers are pretty lovely. They're great. The Batman, the Batman, one. Batman gorgeous, one was my favorite yeah, so far. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Is Superman getting cool? Um, yeah. So obviously, because we're going to be doing this on a weekly basis now, we can sort of just throw out one final quick segment at the end, which is what we're looking forward to for New Release Day. Um, so which is tomorrow? which is tomorrow? Um, I was always it's always good in the story you get the delivery on a Tuesday, you get a little sneak peek of what's coming out. 
Um, for me, we I, I sort of said the guys that tried to still it down into just a couple of picks because if we were to say our whole pool lists would be here for the next uh, half an hour. But for <laughs> me, the two main ones I'm looking forward to and the top one is definitely the main one because I even brought it home tonight as a bent Leviathan number six because I want to... finale, isn't it? I want to yeah. know who the hell Leviathan is. They've been teasing it for every issue. Every issue you've been told you're going to know there's nowhere to run now it has to be issue 6 well I hope it is when we do read 6 and read back through 1 through 5 there have been hints that we're going to find yeah. stuff and it's like, I think so. all along. I think that'll be the case um, and then the other one for me is Dollhouse Family just I, I really dug the first Hill House basketball head so Dollhouse Family that would be my two main picks sweet um, I got a bunch uh, I, am, I am looking. I mean, I am told too. <laughs> I'm, I'm looking forward to Event Leviathan, as you say. Uh, the first of Fallen Angels is out. Yeah. Uh, which is the last of the yeah, X the number last ones. Of the first issues. It's the one that I'm actually least interested in, or was least interested mm-hmm. in. But given the quality of everything that has gone before, I'm, I'm kind of interested. It's the one that follows. Yeah. Quanon and X twenty three, I think. Maybe uh, there's also, a surprise in there. Also, the artist excites me because it's Simon yeah. Kadransky who was on Punisher. That's Rosenberg. Right. So, uh, history of the Marvel Universe number five is is going to be a good era. It's we're hitting the nineties. Uh, so happy as Larry with that. Invaders. Right? Oh yeah, Eleven number finished. 11. Yeah, yeah, ten finished with Steve and uh, Namor on the island, and Namor as a human wasn't that right? So, yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, I don't know. Uh, it's condensed. <laughs> Oblivion Song has been really strong 21's out tomorrow and Punisher Soviet by Garth Ennis good to have him coming back to the yeah. Punisher fold oh and X-Men too let's see if there's impacts <laughs> from X-Force oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. see what I'm loving here is what I'm looking forward to most two DC titles what Keith's looking forward to most two Marvel titles what Roddy's looking forward to most yeah back to form two I'm indie titles two, two indie um <laughs> One is, uh, I think we mentioned it in the previous one, um, it's called Folklords oh, yeah. by Matt yeah. Kent and I can't remember the artist's name at the moment, um, who's a buy? I know that Dan Mora is doing a rather beautiful retailer one oh, store copy, right. Have you the artist of uh, Once in Future, I may have uh, had that. Matt Smith. <laughs> ah, Matt Smith, yeah. Um, yeah, it looks really good, so follows Ansel, a young boy who lives in a world of elves, gnomes and other worldly monsters but he uh, he sort of gets visions of our, our world, world and seems to think that that is the fancy well press so, suits of modern yeah. technology <laughs> <laughs> so interesting premise so I'm looking forward to that one and then also got Gideon Falls 18 and that's just the number 17 started off a new story arc and with the it's the pen to Penta Pentoculus, I think you call it. So mm-hmm. there's a lot of uh, interesting stuff going on there. Well, what I'd just say very quickly about Folklords is um, I have a feeling this is going to be the next something that's killing the children yeah. slash once in future. <laughs> um, it's already sold out first print. It's already went back to second print. Creative team strong. Boom's knocking it out of the park. I did order quite big on Folklords, so we should have copies because um, I've, I've just got this feeling about this one that's going to be a. Yeah. It's gonna be a good one. Um, you feeling your waters? I do feel my waters. Comic sense is tingling. I do feel in my waters. Comic sense very much tingling. At um, the previews, like I don't think yeah. we we were like, oh, it sounds really good. But then I think there was like other stuff that took took our yeah. attention. Shinier objects, but yeah. um, that's that sort of thing. It's hard with comics, you know. Hard looking through the previews book and going this, 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 and this. But as you kind of get up to, it, you're like, 
more stuff comes out yeah. so you're like oh right I can well I'm of- just glad that Boom for example are doing their extra prints of those titles because yeah. once in future started off as five people had in their pull list now 14 have yeah. it because the quality of people are talking and the storytelling quality is like the more through. issues of it come out means the closer it is to trade yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how about yourself Ken? let me guess is there a title with uh, a big S in it this week yes there is shockingly but uh, my two picks first one is the Tales from the Dark Multiverse take on Blackest Night which is already a pretty dark story and the as far as I remember everyone basically dies so I uh, I obviously the last two were the Death of Superman and Nightfall both of which yes. I'm familiar with so I enjoyed the Tales mm-hmm. from the Dark I've, I've never read Black Knight, Blackest Night so I'm not really interested well for that the dollar comic of it's coming out so I'm yeah. picking that up to refresh and, myself but ah, if, it's, okay. if the quality course, is anything yeah. close to the previous two it's just going to be in a rare um, moment of you know uh, planning from DC what they do is they <laughs> they release the dollar comic the same day they release the main mm. title so they did Batman 497 uh-huh. which was the breaking of the bat which was the same day as uh, Nightfall Tales of the Multiverse they did Superman 75 which was the death of Superman same day yeah. as that and then they're doing it for this and then the other two titles are Infinite Crisis and Judas Contract That's right. yes. and both of those again they're releasing dollar comics on the days yeah. so because it's Judas Contract I'm not familiar with it uh, Teen Titans classic yeah. Teen Titans stuff um, and just to bring it home with the best of the best Ben this is Superman number 17 the second um, best Batman, uh, Superman writer at the moment no you're wrong <laughs> no no you're right uh, the guy who's writing action comics is pretty great uh, no Superman <laughs> is just continuing to be brilliant yeah, and 17 solid. is yeah. it's sort of a, its own issue but yeah. it's also a bit of a prologue to the truth the truth uh, which is Bendis's big plan to reveal Clark Kent and Superman are one and the same the what? yeah that mild-mannered reporter is Superman? just that simple <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah it's just Bendis and I think Ivan Reese is back for seven, issue 17 right uh, but if, if he's not I know he is doing the cover which is just beautiful mm. very simple image I Superman can tell you now right, he is not the artist in 17 no it is no, the same sorry, artist in 16 for oh. <laughs> at least the writing's good Kevin McGuire thinks the surname thinks Kevin McGuire he's, he's been with 16 with the Super Sons Super, Super yeah. Sons he's not my well the story's great the art was not my cup of tea I, I, but I drank that tea it is it is, <laughs> as a testament to how good Venice's writing is on this series I still loved issue 16 but yeah but this is the prelude to Superman you have to remember Unveiling this is the guy that doesn't even like John Romita Jr. drawing Superman oh, you know what I mean yeah. he's, he'll learn he is he'll young learn. he will learn no yeah. no he'll learn. Won't. John Romita Jr. is not my cup of tea ah, we and I much, won't drink that tea we very much enjoy drinking that tea um, anyway, we're going to stick please a pin in it there. Please don't let that become a thing. As our, uh, <laughs> I think that's the greatest retort to a phrase ever. Um, yeah, so our aim to pull it down under one hour was wholly unsuccessful, probably due to me and Keith ranting about Undiscovered Country for 45 minutes. Um, but yeah, no, I think that's definitely the format moving forward. Um, you know, I, I think it's always great to obviously chat about what we enjoyed the most, but also give a bit of insight into what's coming out yeah. um, on New Comic Book Day. So... Um, yeah, ton of fun, guys. Um, looking forward to new comic book day tomorrow. So yeah, I will. If, um, should say if there's anything listeners want to talk about next time, if there's anything they're digging, yeah, absolutely. Please, uh, if we're going to be contact this, Coffee and Heroes, yeah, if we're going to be doing this weekly, obviously not. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I think I'll, when, <laughs> it, when I'm putting this out, certainly through the social media channels, I'll certainly put it at the bottom of you know 
feel free to tell us what your favourite titles of the week yeah. were or whatever you know I mean one of the, the, the things certainly I enjoy most about this store is the community aspect so it's always great to get a bit of conversation going and uh, and all the rest so um, yeah definitely do that um, but in the meantime I hope you enjoy listening to our ramblings <laughs> and we will be back next week yeah yes. next Monday next week same bat time same bat channel <laughs> had to be said <laughs> yes I'm going to end it like that every time alright <laughs> cheers guys good night right. let's go drink some bye tea bye <laughs>